Welcome to Monkey Talk, brought to you by The Bald Monkey Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> Don't make it longer. Make the other make the other that one is, shorter. That is the perfect timed intro we're live we're here it's tuesday night tuesday night live christopher's back the captain's here captain who do we got tonight we got a very special guest uh if you've been on iwtv you've probably seen one of the shows called the life of insert professional wrestler's name there's been a number of them so far. The last one that's out right now is Daniel Macabe. We already talked to Daniel Macabe. So tonight we have the executive producer and showrunner for the life of, and I'm not going to butcher his last name because I remember how to say it. I hope John Philipavage. John, welcome. Hey, you nailed it. You did it. Thank you. Nailed it. I appreciate it. Well, John, thank you for joining us tonight. Um, you know, in some of the intro tweets of of naming, you know, who we're going to talk to tonight and everything, you know, Chris and I and and Val, we've talked to wrestlers, we've talked to commentators, we've talked to owners, you know, we've we've talked to uh, ring announcers. So this is the first time that we're actually going to be talking to someone that's more on the TV side of things, which I think is really cool, not just for us, but I think for people that are watching right now live on Twitch. Yeah. Right so, thank, thank you. you for joining us. And uh, Christopher, I'm gonna let you start. Ooh, I get to start. Okay, cool. That you means get I get start. to start at the beginning, which is my favorite question, John. This is the question that makes or breaks the entire interview because it's the first question. It's no pressure. What was a young John like? So little, I, and I'm not gonna try to say your last name because I will put. But what was a, a, a young John P like? Uh, yeah, well, but most people call me Johnny P anyway, because who wants to say the last name? So, um, uh, anxious and raised by a television, I think would be the best way to put it. Um, yeah, I, I, I really liked wrestling. Uh, I was fascinated by popular culture. Uh, I spent a lot of time listening to the radio in my room and watching television. Um, I don't have biological siblings. I kind of have adopted people or been adopted by other people unofficially, unlegally uh, since my childhood, but I spent a lot of time by myself. Um, and then some weekends I would get to create with my lifelong best pal, uh, Kev Kiernan, uh, who to this day helps me, uh, helps me make these episodes at the end. That's the color, color guy on this. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Does that answer it? No, yeah. I mean, you kind of went from young to grown up there. That you you, yeah. you flew <laughs> you flew through everything there. Now I want to go back. What was what okay. TV? What TV was raising you? So if you were raised by TV, what what were you watching? What were your go tos? Oh, I watched everything because uh, if so, of course, as a kid, you like kid things, but I also wanted to be smart like I saw I still kind of see life as an intellectual pursuit 
Um, I think that's why I like things like sociology so much, uh, and to some degree philosophy. So I'd watch kid stuff because I was a kid, but I'd also be like, oh, like I'd get kicked off. You know, we had one TV. This is, you know, lived in a row home, like a lower middle class family at first. So I didn't want to leave because I didn't really know what to do with myself. I, there's only so many games you can make up with a tennis ball, which is what, what I did. So I would watch like, oh, mom and dad are watching the news. So I'd watch the news. Mom and dad are watching PBS. So I'd watch like, uh, I'd try to understand what the hell was going on on a PBS show. Um, I really liked sports. I watched a lot of sports as a kid. Uh, I don't remember specific shows now. Like if you had asked me 10 years ago, I'd have like a cat. Is the word catalogic? I don't know. Like I, I could catalog what I watched as a kid, mm-hmm. but, um, but I don't remember like specifics. And like, I think of being a kid is anytime under 18. So like it, like, yeah. uh, I like Star Trek, the next generation and the X-Files, but that was probably like two separate eras. If I'm thinking about it, you know, I watched a lot of pro wrestling. You know, that's what that's what got me here. That's what got me on the show, right? <laughs> this is true. Uh yeah, like I, I think we kind of grew up at the same time. So I was like my my mind goes to a lot of like the, the cartoons that I that I watched growing up. And yeah. Like the the Voltrons or the He Mans or the G.I. Joes. You know, those those were the you know, the usual go to cartoons of the time. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so those definitely all three. Uh, Ducktales, uh, Chippendale oh, Rescue Rangers. Oh, yeah. oh man, what uh, gummy bears when I was real really little. Um, <laughs> bunch of Nick shows that I can't remember the name of now. Dude, they had one I with a lo- kid with a dog. Love yeah, me some yeah, gummy, gummy bears, bears man. Here you, there like, and everywhere. I I I punched my fist as soon as you said gummy bears. There, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I. The, the I was really into the idea of like fantasy of like uh, other worlds, like like I loved the idea that they lived under a tree and like the pond. Was, so there was, as I recall, there was like a glass dome on the roof of the main room. I guess the ceiling would be the correct thing to say. <laughs> and uh, it was like the water and the fish. And I was just like, this is all. Like I didn't really know what Lord of the Rings was as a kid. Like I vaguely did, but like the movies hadn't come out until I was an adult. So. To me, this was like Lord of the Rings. Like I, I love going back and trying to watch that stuff now that we have YouTube. All the stuff when you were a kid that you thought was like so depthful that like now you're like, oh, this was like really simplistic because it was for a kid. That's why I understood it. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I thought it was like, and like I remember a random episode of like He-Man. I was a He-Man guy, and um, like. Skeletor and He-Man got trapped somewhere and they ended up having to help each other to get out. So they had like a truce and then they like parted ways. And I was like, whoa, like I was really obsessed with narrative and like depthful narrative. And that to me as a child, I thought this was a depthful narrative. Like the good guy and the bad guy have to cooperate. So I thought that, like I'm a dude who loved the Transformers movie because it was dark. Mm-hmm. Even though I was like not, not even 10, the fact that they started with this big battle and then uh, uh, Optimus Prime dies, I was just like, this is amazing. Like, this is, like, this is storytelling. And, like, every other kid was like, this is, like, upsetting and screwed up and they killed Optimus Prime and, you know, uh, you know the, the, what are, the Decepticons are shitty people. And I'm like, this is freaking awesome. That's it, man. I like that was... going over, I guess. 
that was that was that's it like that's your intro into i i love wrestling yeah look storylines feels like this is perfect well i grew up on i grew up on wrestling predominantly like wrestling and general hospital the soap opera because my mother watched and again like okay i don't really understand a lot of what's going on but like i want to sit in front of the tv so I had really good instincts for narrative and what I call conflict writing very young. Like if you give me an ensemble cast, I'm like, I know how they intertwine and I know what their issues, their emotional issues would be with each other. Mm -hmm. That was a big thing to me. We got questions flying in from the chat. Normally we kind (laughs) of have a bit of a, a cadence to our questions. We're going off the rails tonight. I think this is the perfect kind of interview to go off the rails. We're gonna but, but wait, 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 hold on. Before we get to the questions, I gotta jump back to the He-Man part of this. Sure. Now, now, John, did, did you watch? I gotta go lower. Yeah, there you go. Right, that's the sweet oh, spot. John's okay. up high. Chuck, you do sultry oh, sounds, okay. and we'll be all good. I, I gotta do sultry, Chuck. Okay, you got it, Christopher. So well, He-Man, Barry White. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So He-Man, did you watch? the live action one when it came out and what did you think of that version of he-man we're talking about the Dolph lundgren yep vehicle yep i did i did and i'm struggling to remember if like i was if i I was taken to the theater to see it i think i was i don't think i saw it on vhs um like i know i did but i think originally i saw it in theaters and i was disappointed as a child because but for the longest time, they, I always felt that Hollywood was not good. Like adults were not good at the conversion between animated, the animated, like the fantasy that was created and trying to do it live action with adults. I don't, I don't know how to articulate that better, but it like, it didn't hit with me. Wasn't the thing, wasn't it that he like came to earth? Yeah, like our yeah. They yeah they came to Earth and then He Man and everybody are now on Earth for a little while. Yeah, I, I I'm just I I would have to watch it again because I mean I probably haven't seen it in over twenty years, but like my memory is that I didn't accept the storyline as a kid. That would happen a lot. Like and then I'd get yelled at by my my like contemporaries because like. They're just like, I want to dumb out and watch this thing. And I'm like, I have a lot of thoughts about this and how it works and doesn't work. You know, like I only have my, my buddy Kevin that's like, like I mentioned before, that like would, would indulge these conversations and want to participate in them with me. So mm-hmm. did, you, did you guys really like it? No. <laughs> I, I like it. Right. I, I, I like dumb stuff. So like as. Okay. As corny as it was, I did enjoy it. I actually I'm a think little I jealous. To... It not too long ago, too, and I, and by not too long ago, I mean within the last like three months. I watch. I'd watch it again because I would want to know like how how does adult John feel about this as compared you know compared to to like kid John who was like not like the cartoon because I think I just wanted the fantasy world. Yep. And that's probably what it was. Like I wanted it to exist, like like uh, like Willow. Like, Willow was in was in its own world. Yes. And 
they were like, we're coming to Earth. And I'm like, I have to live in Earth all the time. It kind of sucks. <laughs> kind of bummed out to be a kid and bored all the time. I want to go to a fantasy. I think that was my issue. All right. He-Man aside. He-Man aside. We got some serious questions in the chat. We're going to go backwards from how they came in. John, who is Johnny P's favorite promoter? Oh, Jesus Christ. Matt Griffin's in the chat? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> I cannot <laughs> confirm nor deny that he might be in the chat. Okay. Well, there are several promoters I enjoy. Uh, I set up shop, shop often for IWTV. One of my duties, lesser known duties, is that I, I help to run. Uh, I have my own crew for live stream. Mm-hmm. So... I set up a shop at H2, H2O's building quite a lot. So I have a, uh, a great affection for Matt Tremont, especially because he's a huge supporter of Barbed Wire City, which is the uh, documentary I made back in 2013. Uh, he's a big nerd for that, so we talk about that. And who doesn't love being told they're good at something? Uh, and he's just a really nice guy. And I really like his, his first student, who I refer to as little Sean, Sean Henderson. Sean's just the sweetheart of a guy. The shows are always easy to do, but I have a personal relationship with the great Matt Griffin of Action Wrestling in Tyrone, Georgia, and he is my favorite promoter at this moment and every moment until my dying day. We are never, never going to hear the end of this. You realize this. (laughs) He helps me out a lot. Like, First of all, he's just a really good friend. Like, and we were friends a couple of years before he, he got back into wrestling and started promoting, um, which is really cool that, that I met him, you know, in between his actual wrestling career and, and getting back in. But, like, he's just a good guy to talk to in all seriousness and uh, really, really helpful. Like, it's weird that he's ended up helping out on several uh, to coordinate some stuff, quote unquote, in the field for uh, the life of. Even even wrangled you guys to to, to get involved yeah. for this uh this month's the life of uh Daniel uh I, I always almost say Makabe and and I'm and <laughs> I'm friends with Dan since well before this but I still almost say that um yeah he helped with that uh, all your listeners if you haven't go watch it streaming anytime on IWTV along with the whole archive. But yes, Matt, uh, I'm sorry. I know you won't hear the end of it, but I do really uh, like him. <laughs> I have to, no. alter, other than being my friend, I do, I do enjoy him. Yeah, he's already said I'm never going to hear the end of it in the chat. So yeah. Uh, well, thank you for that. I appreciate that because now I have to deal with that forever. Uh, <laughs> John Miller, uh, big action fan oh. and... and uh, he would like to know, will we ever see Boys of Gibsonville? And this minute you said this. First of all, John is another great person uh, who I've met in person many times. Um, John, I'm really trying, man. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, so what he's referring to is a doc that I shot in the summer of 2017 called Boys of Gibsonville. is about uh, a promotion that's now defunct called CWF Mid-Atlantic is kind of a cult classic, uh, A-ball promotion, so to speak. It's, you know, small town, 
uh, somewhat insular, uh, kind of got a name on YouTube with their weekly show, which was like so much better than it should have been. Um, uh, befriended uh, the people who, who, who ran the creative end, both booking and uh, video stuff, because obviously like that's passion for that. Um, and then see the thing is that things get complicated. People get uh, canceled on Twitter. Um, and <laughs> ah, gee, I'm trying to think of how I, how, what, what else I can say. That's, that's... it was, <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, here, I'm going to make it worse. Sorry, sorry, John, because he probably doesn't even realize it. So I, I, during the pandemic actually broke it up and was kind of inspired by the last dance, you know, and just Netflix in general, like the doc series thing was very appealing to me because I'm like a epic Ken Burns kind of fan mm-hmm. of that sort of storytelling. And I had originally, before we kind of shut down production on it, uh, just had issues where I was getting to, like, you're trying to do a feature that's like an hour 30, maybe an hour 40. You start getting to an hour 45, that's tough with the doc. Um, and I was not getting to like my culmination until like the 20 hour and 26 in, uh, as far as like that segment, which is the big segment. So that was always like, this is rough. And I ended up breaking it up into a series of five and, and, um, filming extra stuff and, and I'm sorry. So I'm seizing, I'm seizing John and the five other people who know about this because it's shelves right now because the world is the world. <laughs> and, um, sometimes it's like, it's really tough to, uh, other than my commitments to IWTV, which pretty much take up my life right now. Um, it's, it's really hard once somebody is canceled, regardless of reason or nuance to do something where they are embedded within it. Mm-hmm. So that, so that's the best thing I can say about that. Um, so yeah, I'm, I, I, right now it's it's on the shelf, but it's not obscenely far from being done if it were to be unshelved. That's fair. I hope someday. I just want to say this, this is a passion thing for me. Um, there have been three promotions in my life that I really, really cared about. Uh, ECW in the nineties, ROH in the aughts, the, the Gabe Sapolsky version and CWS Mid-Atlantic for three or four years in the 2010s. So it, I know it would mean a lot to me and some of the participants in it, um, one of which is doing very well and probably doesn't care one way or the other because um, <laughs> he's in, in NXT. Uh, but I, I would really like it to see the light of day, but I would also worry that if I got the green light on that, that the, the presence of said canceled person would overshadow the emotional weight and content of it, which would be really hard as a creator to have people not talking about like your story. Yeah. And that's a, that's a thing in culture now, just in general. Um, like even with, uh, I don't want to take it too far off the rails guys, but, uh, as a creator, it's like really worrisome to me the way that consumers talk about art now where like forget about wrestling which is already it's already problematic within wrestling but i don't like the idea that we can't really have heels bad guys or talk about like difficult subjects or just be honest within art because 
it's bad because that's a bad thing, you know, or that it could influence people. Like, I think that like um, maybe the best conversation about this took place over like, uh, like the Joker where I thought that that was a very fascinating movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's supposed to, it's not sending a message. It's not sending to me a message of like, you know, it's cool. Having a mental, having a complete psychotic breakdown and killing people. That's, not what movies like that have ever said to people in my mind. Um, but we kind of cross the barrier within culture uh, where that's tough to do. And in fairness to people who malign that, you are more aware because we're also interconnected that there is going to be some guy somewhere who dresses like the Joker and goes and shoots up, you know, a theater or something. So I get that, but like, I don't think that culture should be saran wrapped and sanitized because there's there could be crazy people somewhere there have always been crazy people somewhere so sorry uh (laughs) if that was too soapboxy like i just think that art should be its own little corner so to speak i think it's valid and this is i mean this is your time and your soapbox to stand on (laughs) so and what's somewhat interesting is i have a segue from talking about footage that's unaired and something that's on the shelf. Uh, Vic uh, Sage actually asked, how much footage is there for each show and on average? And will there be more scenes from the cutting room floor for the more recent episode? Okay, this is sort of an opportunity. Um, so yeah, we ask, uh, this is great. This is like somebody going to like the janitor's office and being like, I really want to know about the minutiae of your job. Because right. I'm like, this is very interesting. I could talk about this for hours, but nobody ever gives it. They're just like, so-and-so was stupid. And I'm like, what do you like? You know, you pour, a, you pour a month into doing like a person and they're like, I don't like the way they talk. And I'm like, okay, what'd you think of, you know, that, that unspoken moment with their mom? And they're like, I don't know they sound stupid and I don't like the way they wrestle. I'm like, oh shit. Okay, fine. (laughs) Thank you for watching. Um, thanks. I spent over, you know, you spend a month making it, but you, you really kind of spend five months with these people from, Mm -hmm. from what I call like contact and then intake. Um, I learned very quickly after our first one, um, that I didn't like that. I couldn't control all aspects of this because there's so many variables. Um, I know that sounds very control freaky, but if you think about it from a production end, it would, it would be like really crazy if you were filming a reality show and you just handed people a camera and you were just, and I'm a documentary show. So like, I don't want people acting like it's a reality show. (laughs) Those are like two very, those are actually two separate things. And I go crazy when people like refer to something that I do as like a reality show. Um, I learned very quickly. Thankfully, the first person is amazing. I love uh, Avery Good, a very good professional wrestler to this day. He lives in my area. We're friends because of this, actually. Um, I didn't really know him beforehand. We had passed each other once or twice, but I learned from talking with him after the fact. And like, I need to guide people in this and be talking to them because worst case scenario, what happens is you get back. Um, I'm not going to say this person's name, but we ask for uh, a minimum of four hours. We give them usually a mini SD card with the GoPro that has four hours on it and ask them to fill it. 
and I can whittle that down. There have been cases where people have filmed up to six or seven hours, but one time I got back one hour, two minutes, and 36 seconds of footage. <laughs> I, that, that number is burned into my brain forever, um, and I could tell something was wrong, and I didn't know, and I was very upset with this person. Uh, I then later talked to them and you know, kind of found out why. Um, but that's troubling. So that's, that's one of the reasons why I try to communicate with people. Um, we don't like them to hold the camera that long because I'm kind of on, like they used to refer to like Memphis and like, like you'd send tapes out. So Memphis wrestling was actually like a whole territory, but it was based in Memphis and they called like the tapes, but they put it, say they put it on a bicycle, meaning that what airs, you know, Friday night here, airs Saturday here, airs mm-hmm. Sunday, you know, so, so the, the, the show that aired Saturday, when it finished the bicycle loop, would air the next Saturday somewhere else where it was on a week delay. My show is, is, is it's just me doing this. And once we started, I have to deliver something IWTV every month, preferably at least a week ahead. I feel most comfortable when I'm delivering something over a month ahead. So if something messes up, like, you know, you get an hour and two minutes back and you're like, well, the show has got to be at least, you know, initially I always wanted it to be between 52 and 59 minutes. Uh, That got loosened a lot quicker. But just so everybody knows, if you give me back an hour of footage, that's not arable like that. I can't just use every piece. Typically, and this is not scientific, but I'm going to say if you give me back an hour, that's 25 good minutes, maybe, assuming the content's good, the sound is okay, and the content itself is somehow interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't. I hope that answers this question. We try for four hours as a minimum, uh, and three would probably be acceptable. But I'm, I try to push people like everybody from intake is given a Google Doc of some of the things I try to do a pre-interview. So I have a template for the Google doc and then in italics underneath, I write how it relates to them. What are some ideas from the pre-interview? I tell them some of the things that are interesting. We try to overlay it with something that you can loop into the quote unquote brand. As I try to go from artsy creator to like to bridge the gap between artsy creator and also the business side. So it's like really cool. Like Daniel Makabe was going to SCI. Mm-hmm. They IWTV requested I slow down. They thought I was too far ahead at the time. So I said, so they wanted me to kind of freeze for the summer, which eh, I pushed back on for different reasons, but I got, I understood. Um, my argument was wrestling is really what my goal is, is it's just one segment. It's just like, oh, by the way, we have these brand partners. It would be, it's good to loop in a, I don't know, a guy like Matt Griffin. Um, because he's on our streaming service. Sometimes they do live shows. Uh, it's good when, like, you know, Cannonball takes the camera to H2O and you get Matt Tremont on there. It's like, oh, yeah, like, this, now I want to go watch this show or this match because I saw the behind-the-scenes thing of it. So it's good to have one segment in it. And I try to overlay those things. So Dan going to SEI was why I went, like, you can freeze all my stuff, but please let me send the camera to Canada, which I know is a big ask. But this is the opportunity, and I pled my case. And honestly, they've only 
there have only been one or two like headbutting incidents, you know. Um, I liken it to I was kind of telling you guys slightly in the in the the pre discussion before we went on air, like. I'm very used to having to justify my existence. I grew up in Catholic school. You are always doing something wrong. And if you weren't, you should figure out what you were doing wrong is kind of the attitude. Um, so I'm always like trying to self-report, but I always want freedom. And they, I, I liken it to the people who are investors in this. There's a big building. It's this, you know, the IWTV building. There's no buildings, by the way, guys. We're all in different places. But I'm like the weirdo mad scientist would be the analogy who gets his own like lab in the basement of the West wing of it. And I'd say once every six weeks, the people who pay for this, who are nice enough to give me money and also pay for all the, the requests I have and just the basics, like giving a camera to somebody and me going like so-and-so needs money to get another SD card. Um, they'll come down once every six months and I'm like totally prepped on how I'm going to explain what I'm doing and, why I made this decision for every little thing. And then they'll look, they'll go in, they'll go like, look, how come you use that beaker? You know, to use the analogy and I'll be like, I, I don't know, that's the beaker you bought. Uh, I was thinking and they'll just cut me off and go, ah, you should get you a better beaker. All right, listen, uh, keep up the good work. I'll talk to you in six weeks. I gotta be at a meeting and they leave. <laughs> like that's basically how it works. I talk to them a lot because I do other work for IWTV, but like, as far as what I do, like they really are very supportive uh, on the life of. Um, I don't have a lot of complaints. It's just very confusing having this much freedom creatively. You're so, like, what? We're well, like, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> like, yeah. when when is the ball gonna drop? <laughs> yeah, because I keep I keep waiting. Like the first two or three months, I thought it was gonna be like, we don't like this and this. Don't do this. And when I tried to do the thing, they go like, I just assumed they would cut me off and be like, uh, we paid for this. If you want this to go away, that's fine, but do this. And they really didn't. And everything, I found myself going to them more to sell them on why something would be good. And then going, that's a great idea. Keep going. Just do it. You know, because <laughs> a lot of times I'd just be like, oh, this will appease. Again, it's that weird, like, you know, child is an alcoholic, uh, you know, Catholic thing where you're like, this will make them happy. And they're like, yeah, you're doing a great job. Yeah, that's a good idea. Cool. Oh, okay. Right, right. Because I'm qualified because I'm an adult. Good, good. Okay. Talk to you later. John, how, how much of the prep and the behind the scenes of the episodes, how much of it has changed from when you first started that the, the first episode with a, a very good professional wrestler to where you're at now with you know, with the Daniel Maccabi episode? I'm so much better at it. And it's so much more streamlined and I'm so much more on top of things. But <laughs> there's always that, um, I'm a, I'm a anxiety and depression sufferer. Um, so I constantly think the sky is going to fall if I start to feel comfortable with things. Um, I don't always know how to deal with moments where it's like, everything is great. Everyone is happy with you. We love you. I don't like know what to do with myself. Um, I, I, I think in the early days, I, I didn't have a release date. Like they gave this to me 
they they called me and asked me if I wanted to do it in November of last year, almost a year now. Um, and at first, like I didn't even talk to a very good professional wrestler until until I got the footage back, and then I, and then they were asking me questions. Like during filming, it was like, oh well, this happened in this with the camera, and he wants to know this, and I'm like, well, give me his number. Like <laughs> I don't want to keep going through you guys. Um, and I quickly like learn just from two or three times because once I got into post I would contact him all the time again this is my like my urge to overserve and make people feel like they're I want them to feel agency and like they're part of the process so I was watching all the footage and commenting to them about what I could do with this or why I couldn't use this or trying to head things off or mentioning like oh if I use, I can't use this because it might portray you in a bad light because I can't use all five minutes. So if I just use this one thing and people don't know the other part, it just makes you look like a jerk. Mm. Um, I got better with streamlining, watching footage. I got better with my, I got better at soundtracking, which I, like I was, I didn't know I kind of had ear for uh, what goes where kind of a thing. Um, you know, I didn't answer uh, the, the last part. It kind of folds into this. Uh, I was asked, I think it was, you said it was Vic Sage was the, the one yep. person in the yep. chat room. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Vic, Vic, Vic had asked if uh, we would see any of the clips. Um, I don't think it's, I don't like to reveal like the different, uh, the next day. I love the reveal at the end. And I love that PW Pondering like, takes a screenshot and puts it out the next day. It's kind of fun. The reveal is kind of a fun thing because I'd like to make it a thing more of as, as we grow. Um, but I don't think I, I'm comfortable with saying that uh, we don't technically have seasons because it's just every month. But January 1st, I, I had asked in April once I knew we were going to do this. So, so you had asked about. Uh, how the process has changed. Well, once they were like, hey, your debut is WrestleMania week. We're going to do the first one live, and then everyone debuts the first of the month. And that's just, that's how it has to be. So, crap, now now you're on the clock, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, a part of me was like, can I get five in the can and then we premiere? So I'm always <laughs> half a year ahead. Because um, to me, it didn't, it's a documentary. Uh, one of the reasons they wanted me to freeze in the summer was that they felt that the wrestling parts would be dated. And my argument was, who the fuck cares? It's a documentary. It's a historical, um, and I don't mean historical, like important. I just mean like documentaries by, it's documented. I'm literally documenting a time in their life. Like you already aired what they're doing. It doesn't matter that it isn't yesterday because I'm not expected to be like, um, or I don't want to expect it to be like, uh, like this is sort of dated now because time moves so quickly. But HBO 24-7 was like a really cool pseudo documentary, half promotional device that HBO used to promote like Mayweather fight. And they were literally doing that the week of, for the next week. Because the guys were in training camp and then leading up and like the last episode would be like the weigh-in and all this stuff. And that's nuts. We're not set up for that. I'm one person. There's no other person doing this. There's just me. Sound, that's me. Soundtracking, that's me. Editing, that's me. Dealing with the, the talent, that's me. Um, and I don't say that to be like, I'm so great. I say that to be like, I'm one person. <laughs> like, there aren't enough hours in the day, and I'm not 
it, to throw myself under the bus, I don't ever feel that efficient. I'm relatively efficient, but I always feel like I could be doing more. So with, with, with it getting quickened as things, and, you know, a few things happened over the summer, which tightened my schedule, um, I, it becomes really difficult. So I needed a month. So I built into the schedule a month for all the stuff I was producing that I had to take out. Because I was like, hey, I worked on this. I think it's interesting, but there's just no room. It doesn't make sense with the rest of the stuff, or there's just no room. January will be a show called TLO Unseen. I'd like to normalize, by the way, using the acronym TLO. I've been trying this for a while, and it's not catching on. I'm going to die on that hill. <laughs> uh, TLO Unseen is basically my take on like MTV's uh, The Shit They Should Have Shown. The the uh, the clip the clip show at the end of every I don't know that they still do it but it was the clip show at the end of uh, of the challenge every year, um, and so I have a lot of stuff for that and have some surprises for that. So January I I'm I'm gonna get off the phone with you tonight. This is not a lot. Uh, I am I just finished the Makabe extras. Uh, you guys may have by now seen one of those. Um, I am going to leap into production on the January episode tonight until I fall asleep around four in the morning or something. So that is what's, that is what's happening right now. So yes, you will see a lot of clips from, I think everybody, there might be like one or two people where like, I, uh, I, there's two people I'm, that have shot some stuff for the show that have since moved on, and I don't know that I really have any more of their stuff um, that, that hit the cutting room floor. So that gets into a whole like nerdy thing. So as to like some of the, sometimes sound it like you're giving people a GoPro who don't necessarily know the technology. Um, they're not filmmakers, you know. The gimmick of a show is it's their life told by them. The downside is sometimes people are in cars and you can't hear them. Sometimes they shot something and you're like, hey, I can't see your head. You know, like you're, you're, I can see your chest, but you're not holding the camera correctly. <laughs> so those things happen. It's not because they're bad people or they're idiots. They're just like, this isn't what they do all day, you know? This Perfect. is why I'm constantly bugging people for something as silly as the intro and the outro. Like, it's very important to me that everybody says, my name is blank. I'm a pro wrestler. I'm a dad. I'm blah, 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 you know? And this is my life. That's how every show begins. And one person sent me eight takes of that. They wanted to do eight different takes. And I was scared to death because they said it different every time. And not one of them said, and this is my life. And the final take when I was cataloging footage said, and this is my life. And I was like, you know what? That's the take. I'm sorry to this person <laughs> if they don't like this take. But this is one of the things I bug people about. So I think half of them are like, Johnny P is a good guy who will go, you know, who handholds you through all of it. He's a great guy. He'll go to bat for you. He'll make things easy for you. It was a great experience. And I definitely think there's two or three people who are like, this a-hole would not leave me the F alone. And he, he, he would demand I say certain things. And I just, just you know, because to some people definitely um, are fans who do the show now. And there's, but you still get people who are like, oh, that's so cool because it's an opportunity. And they should think of it that way. It's absolutely a platform for them. But they don't know what I do, and they've never. And they might say they watched it, and I'll send them an episode. But you get stuff back, and you're like, "Oh, you don't know what I'm doing." <laughs> okay, okay. Um, 
and you have to kind of, and then you, you like, if it gets to that point where you've gotten the footage back and you've worked with them for well over a month, then you're like, oh man, this is going to be, going to be tough because they're not necessarily on board with the whole concept. Because certainly with them shooting it, it really helps for them to promote it too, you know, because mm-hmm. I want them to feel ownership and agency over it, you know? I hope I, just I want... all the questions. Guys. No, no, you nailed it. <laughs> no, you, 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 yeah, definitely. I just wanted to shout out to uh, Chavez Club, who's in the chat and always uh, a regular uh, coming to hang out or raid us, but he did want to mention that the episodes of Daniel Garcia and Daniel Macabe inspired him to live his life in a healthier way. It was life-changing, and he appreciates that content IWTV is providing us. I'm such a cynical person that I'm waiting for the joke. Like, is that no, for real? That's, I've, that's no, real. That's, that's 100%, 100% real. 100% real. That, 100% real. <laughs> that is seriously the coolest thing. I got, I got it. I don't know. It's tough to get a hold of Daniel these days. Uh, Garcia, because um, the show is not the show was set up to get people a wider audience. You know, it's it's a weird balance of like we're trying to do like five different things, and one of them is to provide you a platform to to make more money, uh, not just from us, but like you know, if the show blows up and you become a thing, like I tell people, like you can get your merch in there, and I'll keep it. Just just do it in a smart way. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want it, the show to ever seem phony. But like wear your shirt show it. like i love that uh makabe was like got my new uh red death shirt on and then you hear and it's a cool reveal because daniel who was the month before goes oh hey and then it pans to daniel and you're like oh neat um i i really like uh when people get to do that but like the weird thing is i didn't i didn't think i would experience this for the longest time but like daniel filmed it may 15th to june 15th and we talked like he was kind of in the middle. Some people are like Makabe, where I talk to them every day. Like he had a checklist. We are friends, kind of a thing. Same thing with Ace. Um, I had a really good relationship that I cultivated with Trish. And there's a few other people. I don't mean to leave anybody out or throw shade. There's other people who are professional, but they're kind of they're doing their thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he was kind of in the middle, where like he didn't talk to me a lot. He didn't really know me. I don't think he really knew the show. Um, so it took a little bit for him to warm up, uh, and he was very helpful. And like, I got the footage back and I was like, I will call you in like two months because like I was backed up. And by the time I caught up and started producing his episode was the week he debuted on AEW. Oh man. And then like, I'm so I'm joking with him. We're still talking. And then like a week goes by and he's like the first person who's interacting with punk, you know? Um, and it got to the point where his, his, uh, his episode debuts and I'm like, I wrote him and I'm like, I'm in this really weird position, man, because like the show is set up for people to like get more notice and you've made it <laughs> like, you don't owe me anything. Um, could you just tweet about this once basically, you know? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, sure, man. And he did. And I was like, really appreciate it. And then. Um, I tried to contact him like middle of the month just to give him an update on whatever. And he, he just didn't get back to me. And I, I know him well enough to know that was not a blow off. It was just like, he's on to a different life, you know? Yeah. This is, this is like this thing that he did 
and it's not that people don't, you know, they don't, they get paid for it. There's a back end incentive, but like it's, you know, it's, it's a niche streaming service, you know, not to downgrade us, but like wrestling itself is, is a niche. This isn't Netflix. Um, he's got a contract now, you know, so he's not like calling me to be like, Hey, send me that 50 bucks that they owe me kind of a thing, you know, just making up a figure for the rapture. We don't owe him any money and he didn't send it to right. But like, he does not need me anymore. And, he, and not that he's a user. He's just like, you know, he's like in the job field and I'm like, Hey, your high school would really like you to like write something in this year's yearbook inspirational, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a great analogy. So, <laughs> you know, like he's he's good, you know. Like <laughs> I don't know, I'm just thinking of like I think an analogy, so I'm like thinking of forty, but like yeah, the moment's fast. I did what I did. Yeah. So, so thank, uh, you, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm 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 trying to take uh, ownership over over something I didn't do. Uh, <laughs> thank, I will tell Daniel Makabe that that you changed his life, sir. Yeah, and, uh, no, and, really and he cool. says it's real. Yeah, he, he Travis Clubs double down and says yes, it is real. And, and we appreciate him sharing that with us too. So, mm-hmm. um, so you kind of touched on this a little bit, but old bad guys kind of he's in the chat wondering if there's any directing training that wrestlers needed, like how to use the camera basics. Is there anything you supply them, or is it just that conversation back and forth that you're having with? It's constant conversation and me being worrisome. And there's like three types of people I've noticed with this. So there's the people who are like, I don't know anything about this. I thought this was going to be click and play. Like they, they're just not, they're not necessarily up on the, the tech or they're like, why does this dude keep talking to me? Cause they just don't know the deal. Um, there's the people who say everything's okay. And it's, and I've learned, you know, I knew how to read people before, but I've absolutely gotten good at if somebody doesn't give me a lot of details or they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I ask specific questions. I hope they're not like perspective people plug your ears because these are my tricks with the trade. I'll ask certain questions to try to get a response. that will have at least some details. So I know that they know the deal. And if I don't get that and a few days go by and they're not contacting me or they're like, when I, when I hit them up with a bunch of questions, it's, it's, yeah, everything's great. I'm like, okay, you, you're not really doing this, doing this. So then I got to be like really annoying. Um, I usually don't try to like involve IWTV in that for the most part. Uh, Cause that's kind of my domain and it's kind of like, going to dad and being like, make them do the thing, you know? Um, there are absolutely like, there's somebody who, ha- who is doing it, who I'm really excited about that'll, that'll um, air in the first quarter of 2022. And I was so excited. It kind of fell into my lap. We, um, we met and I gave him a tutorial and I thought he had it. And then he started freaking out. <laughs> And like just texting me up a storm, thankfully, like talking to me, but it was just like, I don't get this, I don't know what to do, keeps shutting off. And I'm like sending him videos and I'm trying to like troubleshoot, I'm trying to give him all the information. He just texts me back, I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And he just goes, dude, this is a lot. <laughs> it's all he wrote me. And I was like, oh, fuck. I'm just trying to help you. Like, 
because there's the like, can I get him to figure it out thing? But there's also the, this guy doesn't know me at all. And maybe he's like, this isn't worth my time kind of mm-hmm. thing, you know? And I worried. And then he, he I kind of isolated what I thought the issues were. And he figured it out. And then he swung through my area. So I was able to go to a show and meet him up, meet up with him, look at the camera. And exactly what I was worried about was the case. Like it, it was a good problem to have. It was basically that the screen, the screen was set to go to sleep as like a screensaver thing oh. after two minutes. So it was still filming. And I kept telling him, dude, if you see a red light, you're good. And he was just really insecure about it, like which I get because like, look, I was like weird about Doom on my phone tonight. You know what I mean? Like I just didn't know. Now it's the night of, you know? Um, so I was like, yeah, like I, I exactly what I thought would happen with True, which is that he'd be doing the scene and then it's still recording and he's like, oh, it went off. What the heck is wrong with this thing? And then eventually like 10 seconds later, it actually goes off because he shuts it off. So thankfully we isolate those things quickly. Um, but I'm always worried. I'm definitely worried every time I get footage back. Uh, we had one person who had a big, uh, he really got the show and he was aware of what was the content that was in the Trish episode and the Edith surreal episode. So he understood like, Hey, I want real stuff. Uh, don't be afraid if you want to use this as a platform to talk about like issues in your life. I will go, I will not be exploitive and I will go with you on that. And you're, you're going to see everything before it airs and you control the filming. So, and this person actually kind of had some sort of discussion slash confrontation with their like stepfather, foster father. And the reason I'm being like vague about this, other than to kind of protect the person's identity is because the footage he somehow messed up the settings and it filmed in fast forward, like lapse time. Wow. And so there's no audio. You can see the say you can pause it and see the facial expressions and you know it's a heated discussion. But it's not um there was no audio. I couldn't use it. So that was weird. So you have to call that person and go like, I mean, I hope that was therapeutic for you. Um, if you need any support, I will try to provide that. But like, this is unusable footage. So yeah, there's a there's a whole the whole dance that happens with this, and you just hope that the people are receptive. Um, I hope as the show goes on that it becomes something that people get, like they've seen it and they know the deal, you know, and word of mouth and on the wrestling side of things, and not necessarily like the fan. Uh, I hate to say the word consumer because it's like I'm not trying to separate uh, fans, but like, because the wrestlers are the ones that have to do the show for you to be able to see the show. So I'm hopeful that there's more buy in as time goes on. I've been pretty lucky, to be honest, though. Yeah, I've been the first like grouping of, of episodes have been amazing. Mm-hmm. You've had great get, you've had, you have great wrestlers on as the showcase pieces and it sounds like you've been lucky enough to have even more that are in the works that we'll eventually see too so it's i i think they're bought in i know i'm bought in as a consumer or fan or whatever you want to call it or (laughs) i'm somewhere in the middle i feel like now as a sponsor and 
hanging out with yeah that too so but uh okay here's another good question from old bad guy has anyone sent you <laughs> i'm not gonna say criminal <laughs> like why are they sending me this like is that your reaction to something they've sent uh he says anything that's criminally incriminating but we don't have to touch on that just the idea that have you ever gotten something where you went like why did they Catching film this why, why did they think this was something i needed to see i keep waiting for i think wrestling has changed enough like when i first came around wrestling like the first time i shot both a wrestling show but also started doing documentary stuff within wrestling was like 2000 actually um and i was i was um no, I wasn't. Okay, math. Yeah, I wasn't quite 20 yet. Um, and that was a calculator. Yeah, we, we were trying to figure it uh, out. Yeah, those guys were like real effing guttural uh, carnies in a lot of cases. Uh, not all bad people, and that like doesn't make you a bad person if you're a carny. But like, um, that was those are the kind of people who would just fuck with you, and and. I, I think I still perceive wrestling to some degree like that, even though now I'm older than most of the people I deal with. Um, I keep expecting basically somebody to just like film their dick or something. You know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> like I keep, I keep waiting for like them to show their butt or something or just be stupid. Um, I did. I mean, I got back one that involved like marijuana use, which is not really a thing to me, but I have to be reminded that that's not always necessarily legal. Um, and that person actually did ask about it. And I was like, I need you to film something showing that you, if you're going to talk about weed and smoke weed, like to lean into it, like show us. And you know, I can say what it is because it already aired. It was Trish. And I was like, you got to show the card and you got to say why, because I just can't. And I'm thankful that I did. This one was smoking weed in a bunch of scenes. So, um, which again, like, it's nothing to me, but I have to be, I really have to protect people sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, because you don't want to interact, like if they're with their significant other or, or a friend, we live in different times than I grew up in. And I have to stay mindful of that because things can be taken a certain way or personal dynamics somebody says something to somebody else and like something that i that like because you guys are of similar age something that would be maybe abusive if it happened every day and you go like there's a pattern here where you guys just beat up verbally beat up your friend or make them feel less than or your wife or something but that's not always true just based on like a clip or something you know and i did get one you know one thing back where like i you know called the guy and was just like hey i know you're doing this joke here but like, if I use that clip, like people would think you're like a monster because it would be an isolation. And I showed him the clip and he was like, oh my God. I'm like, no, I know. Cause you know, like, grew up on things like ECW and Stern and like he has a certain dynamic with his significant other. And so he totally got it and thanked me then, you know, because they actually were a lovely uh, couple, but, <laughs> but it would have made him look bad. So I do have to, I have to stay mindful of like representing the brand, so to speak, to use those kind of like corporate wording, which I guess mm -hmm. is normalized now, weirdly enough. Like I find myself calling 
uh, you know, like Matt Griffin's action, like I'll be selling something to IWTV and be like, well, you know, here's why I want to use this guy and he's going to be here and you know, Matt's a brand partner and we can do this and he can help coordinate it to make sure that we get this footage. <laughs> so I do it too. Yeah. But yeah, I do. I, I haven't gotten anything like what I said and I, I kind of hope I don't because I don't know what to do with that. This would be, be weird. I keep waiting for them to film a crime, and then it's like, well, what are my legal <laughs> obligations? Like, am I going to get pulled in, like, six months from now, like, that person gets arrested, and then they call me, and they're like, why didn't you report this? Because you, you're in possession of this footage, and you need it for this court case, and then I'm like, holy shit, you know? But you can say the same thing about filming death matches, you know? Yeah. I re- really felt uncomfortable filming some, some death match content, because I'm like, is this going to be a thing where I'm testifying in court? Like, were you holding the camera? Is this the video you shot? You know? I In the chat, old, old bad guy brings up the same thing. I was thinking when you were talking through the, the Trish part, uh, the Trish Adora part, was it, it told part of her story. And it made you, at least for me, it made me connect more with her and the show and what she was going through in her life of you know it, it told it, it told the story so it, it it fit perfectly into what was going on in her episode i love her episode i absolutely um it feels weird to say because i'm part of that creation process obviously so it feels like the pat on the back of it um i, I like i'm not trying to be cute but i adore trish <laughs> um I love dealing with her. She's one of the people that I like, just like I said to, to Daniel, where I just produced some, some extra content for Daniel that was pretty labor intensive that'll be out this week. And he's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Cause I told him like what I was doing cause we were messaging and I was like, dude, I, I I'm cursing you right now, but I curse everybody in the moment and then i tell you because i feel comfortable enough like you know this is me just in the moment kind of thing it's funny i'm gonna miss you so much <laughs> and i really i really will and it's not because i have an issue with you know anybody coming up it's just like it's really cool when you have buy-in and you're talking to that person you go through like a five-month journey with them and then it's just like all right kit you know it's like uh, the high school yearbook senior year you're like, hope I talk to you again, you know? Yep. Hope you, hope, you know, and in some cases, people really like you and you see them at shows and it's cool. And, and you know, in other cases, you know, I haven't had anything that bad, but like, I, there's going to be somebody where it's uncomfortable. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's law of averages. I'm going to do an episode where we don't end up canceling it and we run it and there's an issue and they feel like I screwed them in some way. And then I'm going to have to run live streams that shows they perform on where we awkwardly interact with people. I hate that as an anxiety sufferer. Like I always think worst case scenario the minute anything comes up. So I, I worry about those things, but they're going to happen. You know, my job is to be as transparent uh, with people and kind of hopefully shepherd them through the way. And then, them to like really appreciate the process and like who doesn't like a document like you're a wrestler so you like the thing you get off of performing you know what i mean and you like the attention i think we all like attention to some degree wrestlers probably more and it's pretty effing cool to have this document that you can show people like the greatest the greatest compliment i ever got 
as far as this is concerned, was texting with uh, Avery, Avery Good. I keep I keep uh, delaying because I don't want to use his real name. Um, <laughs> who had become like a personal friend to where I would use his real name, and he texted me from the airport uh, watching it because he had just performed at uh, IWTV's uh, family reunion shows in Mania. He's flying home. And he's like, I can never thank you enough for uh, like what you did. Like, I'll be able to watch this with my kids and my grandkids. Awesome. And like, I start, I start crying. You know, I was just like, that meant the world to me. Because I want, I want people to see it. The most nervous I get honestly, isn't the day it debuts. It isn't that month. It isn't the numbers and quotes. Like, how did I do? Am I going to, you guys going to want me to keep doing this? Um, it's when I send them a screener and when they clear it and they write something back, that's like, you nailed it. Like, thank you so much. This is amazing. This is the coolest thing. Like, that's what really, like, I feel that, you know? Thankfully, nobody so far has just been like, I hate all of this, because I'd be like, you filmed all of this. <laughs> Why did you give it to me? Start over. <laughs> yeah, like, the only time I've ever struggled, and this this was a question from a while ago, my process changing, I didn't really know what I was doing, because I, I film documentaries, and I can troll the, like, what we film usually. And this was something where it was like, this person's just going to film stuff without telling you what they're filming. Like, this is the first person, you know? Um, and they're just going to give it to me, and they're just like, make it into an hour-long show, you know? Initially, they said, can you get 22 to 28 minutes? And I was like, I think so, yeah. And um, I really figured out that first episode. I felt really confident, and it made me feel good, you know? It's wintertime. In the Northeast, it's kind of depressing. You know, not a lot's going on. Like, a lot of my friends are dispersed across the country these days. So, you know, you're alone a lot. I got my dog, which is cool. But, like, it really felt good to sit in isolation and be able to do this thing that I feel good about and that I feel confident about. Um, and then get positive feedback. Like, I did a magic trick, you know? <laughs> like, it's really cool at first when you're like, yeah, somebody gave me their whole movie. And I made a show, I made a compelling show out of it that people care about. Um, I got the footage for Jeff Cannonball, and Jeff knows this story. I didn't know what the F to do, man. Like, he had all this footage, and I couldn't figure out any connected tissue. Like, we gave him the camera in the middle of December. It snowed twice up here. Yep. Um, he was, and he was working from home because of COVID, and he didn't he was like dude i don't know what to do we were communicating back and forth and then i get the footage and i don't want him to know that i'm i'm editing stuff and then going like i don't know what the hell this is like i hadn't really figured out connected tissue arc and really just like i hadn't figured out how to make a mosaic like take a take like now i want that you know we're working with somebody who's like none of this connects and i'm like that's awesome i was like here's your art talk look about your career overarching Show them, talk about the beginning. Let's meet somebody. Let's stay active. That's really important. The worst shows are the ones in isolation. 
beginning, middle, and end. And also at the same time, show me your childhood, your life now, and talk about what you want in the future. And I can connect all of that and a mosaic works with just those basic tools. That's a basic narrative thing. I feel a lot more confident about it now. I actually, the only time I ever threw out a uh, episode and it, it wasn't like a completed episode, but like cannonballs episode looked completely different. Uh, and it was longer and didn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> um, and he got through it and then I figured it out. And that took me, Sean's I did in like 25 days. Cannonballs was like almost seven weeks. Thank God I wasn't on the clock at that point, you know? So, yeah, <laughs> it's gotten way better. Like I intake stuff and I know what to do. And that's a cool feeling. Yeah, I was going to ask about the the labor, you know, you mentioned the labor of, of them putting the time in and then you putting the time in, you know, what's, and and right there, you know, you just said 20, 25 days for one episode compared to seven weeks for the other episode, yeah. you know, is there a, you're trying to get things done in a certain amount of time now, like what's, What's the average, you know, when you get back three to four hours of content from the wrestler, what's the average time that you're then putting in? Honestly, too much. <laughs> um, I know I, I got, I got a reasonably cool job, but you know, when you like start like figuring out what you're earning versus like how much time you're taking, it's a trade-off because I get to be my own boss. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, this isn't like the only thing I do, but like it is totally the primary thing I do. Um, and I actually kind of hate, there are some times when I'm like, Hey, do I have to go for like, do I have to go do the streams for the show this week? And they're like, yes, we talked about this a month and a half ago. They're really good about like not going like on a Wednesday, like, Hey, you need to be in Ohio. Um, but sometimes there's been like twice where I was like, I, I'm so lost and behind on this PLO right now. And I will fi I'm figuring my way out of it, but I have to drop everything and just go to, you know, Jersey or Ohio this weekend. And that sucks. But and they're like, yeah, I know. Also, we actually have to have this stuff on the air. So please, please do that. And then I go, okay. Um, the, the turnaround time, when I'm really clicking and I'm not burned out and I'm mentally focused and, you know, I'm getting up at a reasonable hour and not, and not working well into the night. Um, probably on, it's under a month, but it's a lot of things I'll get done and it'll be 22 days, but then, then you got to wait for the opening sequence to come back. You got to wait. <clears throat> um, there've been times where I got footage, I was like, I'm done. And then I'm like, oh, I don't have the revealing. Well, now I got to go find it in the next month's footage because maybe they didn't do, I try to get people like, Hey, spend five months messing around, uh, five minutes messing around. It's fine. I'm the only one who sees the footage. Uh, just get familiar with the camera. That's fine. I'll sit through five minutes and then film your intro. A lot of people like forget, forget, put it off. And then they film it as one of the last things. Mm. Or they'll film it in the middle, which is really difficult because I have to find that five seconds where they go, hey, everybody, it's Daniel Makabe. I need that for the mm. end of every episode. Like you guys have seen it. Um, so there's all these little things like that's the worst part. I was talking to Daniel 
oh, several weeks before his episode aired. And I was like, I'm just like, I'm done today, dude. Um, and it was like, what's up? And I said, like, every episode, no matter how much I love it, you hit a wall where you're like, I'm over this. Mm-hmm. And it's because I already did the creative thing. Now all that's left is sound level. You know what I mean? Or the music is fun, too, because it adds, it pops everything. And it adds so much depth to it. And I enjoy that part. That part is creative in its own right. Doing sound or doing the extras, you know, or, or just all the little, little things, you know what I mean? Or titling, doing, I have to do all the lower thirds, you know, Daniel Makabe pro wrestling pops up. I, I do that. Um, I'm over it at that point, to be honest with you. And thankfully I'm good enough friends with, with Daniel that I was, he's like, because he asked and he goes, uh, at what point are you going to be uh, over my episode? And I'm like, uh, I'm over your episode, man. I love you. I'm proud of it. But like the cool part done, you know, um, he was the inverse to what we were talking about before. I had so, he filmed everything I asked him to. There was only one thing that he didn't film. And it was just because they were dead tired from hiking the chief and, and you, with uh, him and Al, Al, uh, I believe it's Jepson is how you say his name. And they, they fell over it and they couldn't film the last thing. That's actually a good thing. Because the truth is, it was so hard to get this thing down to an hour and six minutes. I honestly thought it was a double episode at one point, and I didn't know how I was going to justify that, because he's not, he is a star to a certain niche within indie wrestling, but he's not like the man on the indies where I could go to IWTV and be like, this episode is two separate episodes. And let's have a whole thing of how we're going to deploy this. Mm-hmm. I broached the subject at one point and they were like, um, dude, get it, get it to a normal episode, please. And I did. And I'm really proud of the episode and he loved it, which made, which I was over the moon about. So, and apparently people really like it, which is really cool. Sometimes you I won't feel, get a lot of feedback. Yeah. I feel like Daniel's is the kind of guy that will, would, would have done like, okay, you need this, 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 I, I will get all of this for you. And here's an extra four hours of stuff just in case you want to sort through it. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like he's that type of guy. Yeah, oh, dude, we would, we would text back and forth and he would send me screenshots of his checklist and tell me when he was going to do stuff. It was scary, like, uh, you know, Kev, my, my creative partner, who just, you know, just does a little bit of helping out with this, he came over and he was like, how is it going? And I was like, we need to be, be careful what you wish for. And he was like, what do you mean? I'm like, you know, I always want somebody to be like me. Yeah, he's like me. Like, <laughs> like he has, like, lists of things. He has, like, details on things. He goes off on side stories. He's everything you curse about me. He, he's me. And it's really hard to edit me. I wouldn't be good at this. So, so it's hard to edit him. But I'm so happy that he did this. You know, like, he was amazing. Man, I'm going to miss him. <laughs> R.I.P. Daniel. Well, they, I mean, the chat's talking about you getting some interns, and, you know, Vic made the comment that maybe Daniel's your intern. Maybe that's it, because then you just have a duplicate of yourself there to help him do the work. He's, I would love to work with Daniel, but Daniel, uh, he's obviously, as you saw in the episode, he's, he's married to, uh, to BC, man. 
I don't blame him. Who wouldn't be? Yeah. I couldn't handle that level of cold, but it's beautiful, and that's his home. And, man, what a cool pad, right? Like, I wish I lived in that house or that condo or whatever you would refer to it as. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I'm going to get him to be able to do that. He's uh, busy being a pro wrestler and having a, a, a real person job. So... We're going to take a bit of a segue here, and this might be a leading question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So I was talking to Matt Griffin, and he alluded to you guys kind of having a discussion about how to use the ace god, Eric Royal, before Action's first show. Could you maybe Wait, elaborate on that? So, so Matt alluded to the like you guys having a discussion about how to use Eric Royal before actions for a show oh jesus matt see like matt i always bust his balls about concussions but like i i so i when he said he was going to start running shows i pitched to him eric Williams. and and kane justice who's my buddy and who ended up on the first show against yeha um and a few others actually now that i think of it I remember having a discussion with him, and this would have been what? So it's like four years ago now, right? Maybe, maybe yep. three. Yeah. Uh, three, three, four years ago. This is coming up on four of us. Yeah. I'm trying to think of all the goofy scenarios that we that we came up with. Um, I, yeah, I seem to remember one that involved him like squashing two people. Was one, like ah, if he's in the chat, tell him to be more specific. Like I can't remember the exact. <laughs> Like, what he's getting at. I do remember us having goofy discussions about it. Yeah, he literally just wanted to kind of set you off uh, on the path of talking about that discussion, I think. So that's why I, w- I was fearful of asking you that question. But we'll we'll come back to it. We can always I, come well, back around. I don't around. feel like I had to, like, super sell him on it because Matt was aware. I mean, he was aware of CWF Mid-Atlantic, which is where Eric, Eric was a trainer there with Trevor Lee. Um, and like towards the end was like a lead heel. Um, but yeah, I know, like I'm the one who pitched him that and then he loved it. Like I didn't have to twist his arm and then it was just like a bunch of goofy scenarios of like, what if for the first show and I came in and did this, what if he did this? And I don't even remember what he went with. I think it was something rather simple because it was the first show, you know, you have to establish people. Yeah. Sorry, I let you down, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's all right uh one of the other questions in the chat was how much did matt pay you to be on the daniel Macabe episode oh i knew he was gonna get himself in there i knew it i was i was i told him go ahead i told him go ahead because like matt matt is a you guys are friends with Matt. he's an entertaining guy yes and uh yes, the is. cool thing about matt you know <laughs> I, I will say this about matt and this that might sound like a back excuse me a backhanded compliment Matt has an ego, and Matt is aware he has an ego, so he plays that up, and it can be very funny, especially yeah. when he just eats eats shit <laughs> and 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 knows he's eating shit with like the whole look out they said. There is an extra that's gonna come, other than the one that that that, that I don't even know because we've been on we've been on air like I don't know if it's out or not, because um, he he there's an extra with him and Billy Starks. But there's also one, um, and it's an extra, so it's fine if I say. There's an extra with him and uh, Daniel. The, the AEW superstar, 
Daniel Garcia, which actually has you guys in the room too, um, where he tries to get his revenge playing Dr. Mario. And I'm scheduling that for later in the month. So I will probably, I will probably hand that over to you guys and I'll hand it over to Matt, uh, you know, as well as myself to, to put out there and promote this, uh, this lovely episode. I had so much fun recording that ridiculousness in that hotel room. I just want to put that out there. That was probably one of the highlights of SCI for me was Dr. Mario in the hotel room with those guys. So I'm glad it came out that it was that much fun too. I I, I don't want to ruin anything, but I, I, I'm not revealing anything saying this. I will just say that because you you guys are actually the only people in the world who know the the, the conclusion of this. But I was so deeply rooting for Daniel Garcia, who was like a baby when that or not even born yet when that game came out and had never heard of it i was rooting for him to beat that so badly because it would have been the most hilarious because matt would have made it funny yes definitely. yes that was the hope the whole time but yes i don't want to ruin too much of it definitely check that out when it comes out guys it was the whole the whole whatever minutes was it uh, and again we talked about this before we came on air just the hilariousness that you had to sit there we talked We've talked now about you having to watch all the footage. Matt got such a kick out of the fact that John had to watch all of that Dr. Mario footage yeah. to see what was usable or not. And he made a point to say that as we were recording that footage. So Definitely. Yeah. And then I took a video of, of it and sent it to him. And was like, yep, that's what I'm doing right now, you asshole. Um, I think it, I think it was either, tw- the numbers are stick in my head. It was like around, it was like, 28 minutes or 32 minutes i forget which one and then you got to get that segment done because you can't have him playing dr mario like it goes from amusing to like laborious any segment does if like it just goes on for like eight nine minutes unless they're kind of changing scenes or changing gears or the the scene somehow shifts that's like this is you know uh how the sausage is made kind of a of a conversation but like so like even though there was a ton of fun stuff in there i'm like I think the original cut was like eight minutes and I had to like really get it down. Mm-hmm. That's when I got to like bring in like my buddy Kev when I'm like lost in the sauce, so to speak. Uh, and I definitely did, you know, I want to give him credit publicly actually, because for the most part, he comes in, he just does color, he watches and he goes, he'll add like one or two things. He'll just make a suggestion. Sometimes they use it, sometimes they don't. And a lot of times it's just in isolation and he'll come in and go, man, you know, I don't, I, he doesn't really like wrestling that, that much, but like he gets dragged along into these wrestling projects for like 20 some years now. And he's like, yeah, this is pretty good. Like, I like these people and that's because I've seen their life. Um, that episode, he came over twice. And it, well, I think the original like cut, like it's a first draft, in fairness. Like they're all bloated at first. They're never meant to be like for air, but you know, they're usually like an hour 35 or something. Uh, Maccabees was in uh, was two hours and like two minutes or something. And I was like, this is the initial cut. Now, clearly, you know, we're going to get rid of some stuff. But like, I don't know how to lose an hour. <laughs> um, so he, he actually you know, specifically seems like the Dr. Mario thing. He cut that down really good. I had the idea for the, the showdown music, the Texas showdown music. But... It only works because Kev was, is not precious in the way I am. I call him, uh, like, 
when I need help, I usually call him and I'll go like, I need the young precious one, Dr. Kev. And uh, he shows up and he is a, he is a trained assassin. So I'll be in love with footage and he'll be like, it's gotta go, it's gotta go. It's not needed. This is so, this is not precious, keep moving. And I'm like, all right. And I'd bitch and complain and then like an hour later I take it out. So <laughs> I'm thankful for the man, I guess. Everybody needs that in their life. They need somebody who's just ruthless to just come in yeah, and you need to do the dirty work. And you need trust too. Like, I don't know how this would work if IWTV assigned a person. Like, that would be rough. Cause then I'd like be like, my precious, you know, my time. And, you know, I have the relationship with this person and it's important because this was a joke between us or something. It's like nobody cares, you know? <laughs> So it like helps that like this person is like, he's literally the first friend I ever made. I was two years old. So I've known him my entire life. You know, he's the closest thing to like a brother I'll ever have. So like him telling me something, because we've worked on creative projects our whole lives, means a lot more than somebody who probably is right, but who I don't really know as well. Going like, you need to lose this and lose this. All right, see you later. Like, I'd be like, fuck that guy, you know? I'm going to add 15 more minutes. <laughs> right. Like, I don't know, like the way they talk to me because I just don't know. Them, you know, and maybe it's just their bedside man or something, but he's somebody who has kind of confidence to be like, Jesus, you really love your, you know, blah, blah, blah. You really love your car scenes where nobody can hear shit, John. You know, stuff like that. So. Well, everybody's clamoring in the chat for when the dr mario cut comes out so we're looking forward to that that'll be exciting <laughs> just so you guys know like all the extras have to be under two minutes because of twitter uh twitter doesn't let you do videos of over 220 yeah so the most i can do is like 219 so like stupid the, the, this extra is fun but like it's, it's not you know it's not a feature or even a mini doc or anything it's just an extra like all the other extras so but I appreciate it. Like, I, I assume that the people that are in there, like, actually like the show. And I do want to get this out there. I don't know. I'm just trying to put something, uh, speak something into existence, which is that I do still kind of have the, we're, we're not yet at the year mark. And I really love when I see comments like, hey, watch the, you know, people quote tweet my promotion and they'll be like, I love this series. This, everyone's been great. Like, who wouldn't? You know, that's, this is very close to me, obviously. So, like, I really bought in because it's most of my life. And it's certainly my creative life right now. Um, it's really hard sometimes, though, when you, you read a, a positive tweet from somebody and it's just like, I really love that, uh, I don't know, I'll just pick a random name, uh, that Edith Surreal doc that IWTV ran. Or they'll go, I like this. They just, uh, IWTV put out a, a, a day in the life of somebody. And uh, I sometimes get the impression that they think it was in isolation. Like we only did it for that one person or they shot it. Um, and we just agreed to air it kind of a thing. Um, and I don't want this to, you know, certainly have like an ego about this in the sense that I have pride. It's just like, this is, I do all this stuff on the show, but from a, I'll use the word brand or, or just a show, like it's important to me that people understand this is a li the life of is a show. It is the life of, and then you just insert whatever name, but the show is called the life of, and it comes out every month. And I'm really hopeful in the next year 
that there's a lot more acknowledgement of that because not again not because of me and my precious little ego but that means that the show is getting over and not just i, I watched this thing in isolation because i like jeff cannonball or i like lee moriarty or i like daniel garcia my hope is people are just like i like the life of oh this month they have this person and they have these other five people and then and the next five months are going to be great too i can't wait i love watching the show that's my hope. So I want to wish that into existence on your show right now. I'm pretty sure the two of us and everybody in the chat are exactly like that. Because as soon as I heard that the life of was coming out before they even named who the first episode or who the first show was going to be, I was like, I love this. This, this is like exactly what I love to see and watch is what are what what are they like in their real life you know go going to shows living day by day you know even though it, it's a short period of time but you know it's it's also a, a a tribute to them of being open enough to open up their lives to all of iwtv as well yeah yeah right. which is like honestly like it's wealthy yeah like, because, like, like, I did not tell, I didn't even know when it happened until a few days later, but, like, Trisha Dora finds out that her mom has stage four cancer, which um, I had to look it up when she told me because I didn't actually know if the stages descended or ascended. So I looked it up and, like, my jaw dropped. And I... She said she was dealing with it. I didn't realize until she gave me the footage that um, that she the way that she dealt with it was to go in her car and film herself talking about it and cry. Like there's a lot more that wasn't seen there because it would have felt very exploited. Um, I thought it was a really powerful, real moment that she wasn't that she herself wasn't doing it, going like my mom might pass away, this will make great content. I don't, I hate when people talk about good content. Um, I will go as far as to say like, oh, you got a dog, you shoot, shoot your kid's playing with a dog, like that'll play well to an audience. I, that's fair, as a creator, I feel like, well, that's, that's a reasonable thing to say. I would never say to somebody, oh, do this, because it's great content. I just find that kind of gross and exploitative. Um, and she didn't go in there going like, boy, people, people will uh, really like me because I did this. This is very real and raw. And it goes on for quite a while, to be honest with you. Um, I, that was one where I was, she was texting me in real time as she watched it. And like, we were both late night people at the same time. So like, like 1.32 in the morning, she's watching this and reacting. And it just like meant the world to me because she trusted me with her story uh, because of the relationship that we had built. And I didn't want to let her down and I thought she was very brave to do that and talk several times after that, um, where she's clearly just gutted, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's not a put on, it's not an act for a show. I mean, that's, this is real documentary, you know, filmmaking and, and it's a creative, it's a trust thing because it's a co-creative process, which I try to get across to people. I'm going to dictate a lot of things to you in case you're lost at the beginning. My hope is after two weeks, you're like, yeah, I'm deviated. Like, 
yeah, I'm going to film some of the stuff that was on the Google Doc, but like we talked about this, I'm like, oh, I didn't ever mention you that this is happening. And also my best friend from childhood is coming in. We're going to go play ski ball, uh, you know, at, at like a take the kids to a ski ball thing. And like, I'm going to film that. Like that, I'm like, do it. Awesome. I'm working with several people right now who will just message me like, hey, I did this today. That's like, I, ho- I hope you're cool with that. And I'm like, that's awesome. Surprise me more. That's mm-hmm. so cool. So yeah, I as 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 usual, I took this to a different place. But like, I really really appreciate that people have been willing to to go. same with Edith. Like, I think it's a very powerful scene when Edith's in front of her her vanity her mirror, mm-hmm. and she's doing her makeup for the Beyond show, and she, she I think it was, she shot twelve to fifteen minutes, and I think I edited it down to seven. Like I went long on that on that uh, segment because I thought it was so raw and so real, um, and I really appreciate you just having trusted me to do that. You know, was, that's another one that was I thought it was really that was a really important episode for me to do. Yeah, that was powerful. That was a very powerful few minutes that yeah. that it was, and I that for me I I love all the episodes. Obviously, I I. I'm I'm watching closely on the first when they go live. I actually watched this last one at 11:59 or whatever when it went live. Yes, awesome. <laughs> I, Thank you. I was right there, and I was like, "Boop, time to watch live." Um, but like that one for me, when I watched the Edith one, I think that was the one that made it something that was going to be. No, this isn't just a docu-series that's just a normal thing. This is really a look into people's real life. And these guys and girls are wrestlers, but they're people, they're dealing with things, they're going through things. And this is a really quick look at some of the things they're dealing with in a, in a very quick snapshot. And I, mm-hmm. there was something about yeah. how powerful that episode was that like, that was it. Like I will watch everyone now because of that moment in that episode and i was going to bring that up on this interview too it was like that was the moment for me where it was like this is something i have to see because i want to feel that every time i watch it yeah and i it's a careful balance because like um somebody gave me the uh i met somebody at a show and they were scheduled to give me the camera back and they said hey i watched um like in the last week I watched like I forget what I'm sure one of them was either either Edith or, or Trish. I forget which ones they referenced, but they were like, Oh, like mine's gonna be so boring. Maybe I should have and I forget the way they said it. And they weren't uh trying to I'm trying to think. I don't want to throw them under the bus because it is a younger person. And they didn't mean like I should have been a phony, but like to me as somebody who does this I was like, I mean, I, 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 they, they were like, well, maybe I should have been more serious or something. And I was like, no, don't feel less than about it. But also, like, if you didn't feel it, don't force something. Like, I never, I never tell anybody, like, you have to. I didn't go, like, well, take that camera to the hospital, Trish. Like, I didn't do that because I would just feel like a monster. Mm-hmm. Um, I want people to film everything. I want them to be vulnerable because... I think it makes for a better episode. It makes you more relatable. I think that is, this is the right time to do this in wrestling. 
because it's not about people being larger than life. It's about relatability. And I think everybody's had a loved one who has been sick, or at least a large percentage, or they've lost a friend. Um, I guess a loved one kind of covers that anyway. Um, I, I, I really appreciate the bravery of Trish and Edith to film through tears and through meaningful moments and not immediately call me or, or when, or even when they hand back the footage, go like, uh, I don't want that in there, you know, like, and make, make an issue. Um, I, I, I do, like, I'm a, I like crying. That's, that's, I know that's fucked up to a lot of people. Um, and I don't mean it like I like to fake cry or like I'll just cry because I heard a song. I really, really appreciate that these people are giving of their lives and it's real. And then I sit there and I watch it over and over. And when my bosses do contact me and they come down to that lab once every six weeks kind of thing, they go, how is it going? Uh, you know, I remember one of them calling me and saying, how is the Edith thing going? And I said, well, I, I cried, so I know that it's good. And they were like, what do you mean? And I was like, I know that this will connect with people because I got emotional and I haven't even soundtracked it yet. Like, I haven't even put appropriate music to it. Um, it's powerful. And I think that'll connect with a certain amount of people. Now, some people are just like, I want fun, you know? Um, I think it's a good balance. I think, um, I think we have a lot that are fun. Or that are like, you know, Eric Royal was fun, but he also had the baby. And I thought that that was interesting. Mm-hmm. And he, like, he was another one where I said, I said in the note, I know you because I've, I've been friends with him for several years. And I said, I know you have a baby. If you get up at three in the morning during this month, I know it's going to happen. Just one of those times, please, please film it. Even if it's in crappy light and I tell you not to film in crappy light, if you can help it. I just want the realities of being a new father who also has a real person job who gets to, to grind on the weekend and is a wealth of knowledge and talent. Like that's compelling. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I can make that, I can, I hate to use the word sell that to other people because it's not a transactional thing, but you give me that raw footage and I'm going to enhance it and send it out into the world. And hopefully it, for me, it's meaningful. And I can transfer that to other people who find it meaningful. And at the end of the day, you're affected by that person. And hopefully you want to support them. Hopefully you, you go up to them at a show and you go, I saw, I saw you with your baby and it reminded me of this. Or I saw that and I know that must be hard. Or I know what it's like to have to go to a job every day. And that's rough and you just want to do this thing that's your passion. Um, everybody has that version. Like all these people and everybody who's going to be on the show. They, they all have something, you know. So it's, it's my hope that people connect with those things and that it enhances their worth somehow within the industry and they can get paid more to do this and sell more merch, make more fans, um, eventually get contracts somewhere, you know, that would be awesome. So you mentioned, uh, you mentioned multitude of, of cameras out there. How many cameras right now are out there? filming TLO. Oh, I look, thank you, by the way. I'm on <laughs> you it. Said TLO, I appreciate you. I'm on it, I'm on it. Yes, normalize, <laughs> hashtag normalize TLO. Um, we started with just the one, and then we had to get a 
second one because of Lee. Uh, because we needed a camera on, I knew that I wanted, I knew that I wanted to do a tie-in with him winning the title. And I only sort of knew of Lee. Like, I was aware for, like, six months that he was a hot thing on the indies, but, like, I actually work a lot on wrestling things. So if you're not on the show, it's hard to come home at the end of the night and be like, you know what I want to do after all this wrestling? Watch more wrestling. Uh, I do I watch wrestling, but sometimes it's really hard where I'll have friends in the business who are like, did you see my match? And I'm like, you know, like uh, Matt, Matt Griffin would be like, did you see the show? And I'm like, I'm getting to it. <laughs> because it, And I love his product. It's just like, okay, it's one in the morning. I'm done for the day. Do I really want to watch wrestling right now? You know? Um, so I try to like mix it in on breaks and stuff. Or, like involve friends to a wrestling thing. So I can, so I can watch. If I have a friend who's a watch partner, it's a lot easier, and I enjoy it. You know, by myself, sometimes it's it's a grind. Um. So Lee, I I, I knew that the Lee thing was coming up. I'm not always privy to those things. I just happened to to know at that point, and then they said, "Do you want to work with him?" And I was like, "That seems like a real cool idea." But we weren't getting a camera back, so in enough time, so we had to get a second one. At some point, we got a third. <laughs> I don't remember why. Um, the funny thing is, we had a scheduling f up. <laughs> um, this is the first time where, like, this seems like so weird because I did call one of the the owners uh, today. I said, "Hey, I'm going to do this thing." I know that uh, I had said to you at some point I should really get you out there and promote because I can't control wrestlers. I can't be booking wrestlers on the shows also. It's just like an added layer to, I have too many things. So I think that I would be the best mouthpiece for it. But I, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm allowed to say because I'll just, I'm like somebody who's, who's a sober drunk. I'll just start saying shit. <laughs> um, and I, so I called him today. I said, is there anything I absolutely can't say? And he said, like, two things which were, like, not that big of a deal. I was like, yeah, that's, like, nobody would ask that. That's so inside baseball. That only exists within our phony office, you know. Um, this is something I'm actually like, oh, I don't know if they care that I'll say this. Like, I just feel like it's, you know, every once in a while you're like, this is dumb, but I bet you all get, like, told not to, to say things like that. Um, I say all that, I'm still going to say it. Um, <laughs> uh, because I think it's because uh, I'm going on record right now to say it's stupid. If, if like, I don't know why people would care, but it, it just feels like one of those things. We had three. I don't know how we got the third. I was filming a show in Ohio, I think. I don't know where I was. About a month and a half ago, I found out at the other show, because a lot of times the crews will call each other while they're traveling to kill time. And be like, how was your show? Oh, this guy did this. So-and-so did this again. Oh, this promoter didn't provide me with lower. Like, it's totally insider, like, like we give a fuck, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this guy didn't have his lower third. So, like, two people on the show went out, and there was no, there was no name, you know, lower third for all you people who don't give a shit. It's uh, somebody's name on the bottom. And uh, so, like, yeah, if you don't have your lower thirds or, like, there's an issue where you're like, oh, we want another camera or something, and it's like, well, that costs more money. That has to be negotiated beforehand. It's 15 minutes before a show. So we talk about those things. 
And one of the guys on the crew was saying, like, yeah, the, the ICW ran in, like, a rainstorm. It was a whole thing. And we had to put our equipment in the car and broadcast from the car. It was, like, a whole wild story. And they mentioned they set up. And I was like, well, how's the show? What are they doing? Blah, blah, blah. They set up, like, John Wayne Murdoch and, and some of see, 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 now I caught myself because now I'm revealing something I shouldn't reveal. Um, well, it took you a while, but you, you did it, guys. Um, so I can't find my way out of this now. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say this thing and hope that your 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 listeners forget this. I wanted, I loved the the idea of them doing hour long death match. Mm-hmm. I was then told like they did this before, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm not, you know, you pay me to film it, but I'm not <laughs> or stream it rather. But like, I don't pay attention to everything. This is a novel thing to me. And I was like, I wonder what that's like, you know. I kind of, I had him on my list anyway. So I was like, well, I want to film with Sean Wayne Murdoch. And I set it up with him. And I realized I didn't have a camera. Like, I totally had miscounted in my head and been like, this one will be back. And then I'm like, oh, that one's going out like immediately. So I begged and pleaded and got a full camera. (laughs) So (laughs) I am, I launched Maccabe's episode. I just finished Megan Bain's episode. I'm about to start the other episode. We're putting out Makabe's extras, and hopefully there'll be a teaser for Megan soon. I am also managing four people in the field right now with cameras. So the cameras are multiplying. is is the is the ultimate yeah. answer. There's there's four right now. Who knows yeah. if you have to beg for a fifth at some point? If for some reason camera one two three or four doesn't show up back but that sounds like just the way you work you're trying to get ahead and i get that it sounds like they're they're trying to slow you down and you're like no i'm gonna i'm gonna be six months ahead if it's up to me well yeah they they bitched about it over the summer right and put me on on lockdown and i got some accommodation and then an episode just didn't work out like we had to shit can the whole thing um and I lost, I had done all this work on it. I was miserable and threw a fit, even though I intellectually understood. I was, you know, I was in the stages of grief of begging and borrowing or, 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 or you know, uh, bargaining. Because it's not just like, well, I lost this thing that I worked on that I'm really proud of that I think would be good. It's like, you, you guys realize that that's four weeks. Like, my lead time had been two months, basically. And they were like, cut it in half and rush another episode, which I hadn't, I had basically watched 35 minutes of footage, maybe. It was under an hour. So they now understand why I want the lead time. So it's about, I would love six months. They would, they previously wanted like three weeks, you know. Um, we're going to meet in the middle. I'm trying to get back to six weeks. So, not quite there though, because Megan's, uh, I can't finish Megan's thing until I get back the, uh, the opening uh, and a piece uh, for the reveal. So, we're, we're what? We're two weeks. Two weeks away. 
two and a half weeks. Yeah. 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 I mean, it'll be on the air. I'm not, I'm not worried about that. Um, I just want to, you know, like you said, I want to be like six months ahead. I would like to just go like, I'm not working today. I am going to go somewhere for the weekend or something. I cannot do that right now. So, so that's what my hope is. Um, like we had that moment in Maccabes where he's talking to the camera, somebody says something, and then there's this quick reveal that Daniel Garcia is there, and then he goes to the door and Ace is there. Yep. And I freaked the f out and texted Ace and and Maccabe like the moment I saw it because I was just like, I am so obsessed with creating like a TLO universe. You know what I mean? Where like you've seen these people and then they run into each other. Like I think that's me. And, um, and that can happen in this, even if they're not necessarily booked all the time around each other because of the nature of what we do. So the idea that three straight months intersected for a minute was like the coolest like comic book crossover moment to me. My hope is, and this, this would have happened over the weekend, but it was at a show that wasn't ours, so that the, the guys weren't filming. Two people who do, do have cameras in the field like interacted and messaged me about talking to each other about it um but what's unfortunate is they didn't film because i want there to be a thing where people are filming other people <laughs> like i just think that that would be the funniest like little cut-in thing so that's my, my bizarro wish it would probably ruin an upcoming episode now that i think of it but... yeah that's true yeah you wouldn't yeah. be able to you wouldn't be able to tease because you'd basically be teasing it in the middle of an episode, but you could still do it. It'd be basically right. yeah, it, I mean, it your tease like is in the middle kind of... and still at the end, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully we have a fan base like, at, at some point where it's like that. Like I said, I want to, I want to get it dedicated the life of TLO hashtag TLO. And then whoever's name is behind it uh, fan base. So that like there are people that are actually like, oh my god, did you see that? You know, we're not there yet. Like nobody's nobody was tweeting. Like how cool is it that that uh, Macabe, uh, Eric Royal, and Garcia were all in the same scene? I thought it was neat because this is my life. But everybody else was like, oh yeah, yeah, I guess that is true. <laughs> or like I didn't know because I only watched one of them. So we'll get there. We'll get there. I I'm starting that, I'm starting that fandom because I thought it was cool. I thought it was I, cool I being too. at being at SCI weekend and it being like uh, Matt comes to me and goes, "Hey, don't freak out, but Daniel's got a camera," and it was like, "Oh, that's cool!" Like that to me is the coolest thing being within it, and and then yeah. not being able to talk about it until you actually get to see it, and then seeing it and being excited for the two <laughs> minutes that I'm actually like behind the camera in it, which. Like I just nerded out a little bit because it was I became part of that universe, which was really cool. So I'm, I will help push that fandom as much as I can. And we have hashtag TLO universe in the chat right now. Cool, cool. I uh, I have had the tables turned on me uh, by happenstance on three occasions, um, and I always have said that I don't want to be in it. Like I think that would be weird and self-aggrandizing but i would keep it if it were important for some reason and i guess fortunately i don't know if it's fortunate or unfortunate like um i was in a few i was in a few clips when edith was filming for her 
episode where she goes from at the, at the beyond taping uh i worked those and so i was in like one or two clips of her talking to us but like they honestly had no reason to be in the episode um trish filmed herself handing off the camera to me she thought that would be a clever goodbye and i really like i resisted but i was like i actually think that that could be a nice thing if it works and like honestly it wasn't just me <clears throat> wanting to not be on camera like it didn't it didn't have the import of her and her mother driving off uh, with the music swelling. Um, and then the third one was one that I don't want to reveal because it hasn't aired yet, but like it has absolutely no context and the, the SD card crapped out, which is why I'm oh. super lucky that I personally handed it off to him because half the time we just mail it to somebody. And when I was trying to teach him how to use it and I told him a story, he was like, let's film this. And I was like, that could be interesting. Okay. Uh, at, at the very least, it's going to teach you how to use a camera. Right. And it stopped filming twice. And we realized there was an error on the SD card, which is, for those who don't know, SD cards are how the information, it's, it's what tape used to be. So if you have a bad SD card, it's literally filming nothing. So thankfully, we noticed that. But because of that, I got out of it for a third time of being on the show. Keep dodging it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. One of these days they'll get me where, like, objectively, I should be in it. Like, like not should, but, like, there'll be no reason to cut myself out because it'll be integral to something. Right. But for the most part, I'm not around these people in their film. Like, even, like, um, like I said, like, I didn't know a, a very good professional wrestler that well. I mean, I knew he lived in the, in the Lehigh Valley where I live. Um, I didn't know where, uh, so we never ran into each other. I think that would be nuts if I were like out and the person was filming, <laughs> like just ra ran the grocery store. And like, see, at that point, I feel like I would keep myself in it though, because that would be like hilarious for them to come up and start talking to you, and then it just says like John Fool Davidge, uh, TLO executive producer, and like the thing, and they go like, oh, that's the guy, <laughs> and he's. Like, yeah, I'm filming. What are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm getting a banana and you know, some toast or something. I guess you don't go to a store for toast, but whatever. I do. And a banana. And a banana. Mm -hmm. Oh, too funny. You guys have got a lively chat, by the way. Oh, the, appreciate the your chat, man. They're they, strong. they, the chat has been great. That we've had, we've been very lucky that we have uh, some. Some dedicated followers and dedicated chat. They always love asking questions. Monkey regulars. The monkey regulars. Monkey Nation always comes strong. So we appreciate everybody. Um, we got some did comments. I remember, did John Miller say anything when I like? Did I like wreck his night? Because that would make no. me feel bad. He's a sweet no. guy. No, John Miller was was fine with it. He actually, let me see if I can scroll back and get his actual comment for you. But he was fine with your uh, response. He appreciated it. He said, "And uh, thanks." Uh, he said, "That's fair. Thanks for answering, my friend. Hope you can come down to Tyrone's." Well, we'll see. We'll see. Well, if the bit Daddy Warbucks, uh, Matt Griffin would like to fly me down, I'll do, I'll do like a live show for them or something. Yeah, be <laughs> careful with that, like, that because then it. Matt's. Don't do that because then Matt's going to start answer, asking us for more sponsorship money and then start nagging me about that. So let's let's that talk is, before we start doing that. Because there's, <laughs> there's there's extra cost, yeah, when IWTV shows up in town. 
But I've, I've approached that subject. I was like, did you come down and we'll go to a hockey game? Because we're both big basketball fans. And I'm like, dude, that'd be so cool. You know, just uh, stay at your house, save money on a, in a hotel or something. And then, like, the thing is, though, is that, like, I, re- like, I really would, like, would have to do it if the company sent me there. And I'm like, I, I just don't see that happening. You know, like, I didn't get to come that, weirdly enough, like, I go to every SCI and I couldn't come this year because I had to be in Jersey. They uh, they had the Midwest crew down there, uh, which is, like, they're 18, man. They're really good. I love those guys. But I was like, oh, man, maybe I could get a free trip to SCI this year. And I ended up not even being able to go to the show for work, even though I work in their industry. Like, that's what a kick in the balls. There's always next year. Yeah, yeah. And you and you would have been on camera too. You would have had to dodge the camera with Makabe, so that would have been another dodging. See? It was another way you dodge oh, and get is... on camera. You know, I will say this though: it would have made the most sense with with Daniel because he's so meta. Like, I feel like that works for somebody like Daniel. Like, it's not a gimmicky thing, uh, and it's not like a weird like self-aggrandizing thing then because. He is the type of person that would stop you and start asking questions about the show within the show kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that would, have, that would have been amusing. Like, he could have trapped me in a way. He's the person that could have trapped me in a way where I'd be like, crap, this is, this is something that uh, I really have to consider using. Damn. But I wasn't there. He couldn't do it. We're all good. All worked out. And it's going to be a while because, because, like, we got four cameras in the field and I am nowhere near these people. So we're good. Right, that gives us a sense of, of where the cameras might not be. So okay, <laughs> we're we're not fishing they're for not anything. A, they're not in my house, no. <laughs> they, they are not in the Lehigh Valley, uh, located conveniently uh, an hour northwest of Philly and an hour twenty southeast of New York City. For those of you who give a shit about <laughs> we're all getting older like what well, i would eat like in wrestling things i'd always be like yeah i grew up three blocks from ag hall and when i used to say that 10 years ago people were like oh my god ag hall you know um wwe taping spot like wwf taping spot until like mid 83 um you know ecw ran shows there i think the nwa even tried to run two or three shows there and that was like a, a fun talking point. And now when I say that, they're like, what is that? Like, oh, they used Where? to run wrestling there. I'm old. <laughs> well, I think that covers most of the chat questions. I think we need to ask some of our basic questions because we have a bit of a laundry list of questions we always have to ask, though, right? Well, yeah, but, but, but hold on. Uh oh. We haven't asked like one of the most important questions though. Well, that's what I'm saying. What's the most like what's the questions we want to ask still that we haven't asked? Well, right now my most important question that I want to ask is, you know, we know that there's a number of cameras out there in the field. We know we're not getting any of those names. However, how is the wrestler selection done? Is that uh does that come from you and you say, I I want to look at this person? Is it an IWTV thing? Is it a, uh, uh, a 
conglomeration between you, you know wrestlers yourself and IWTV. So how 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 do you pick who's going to be on the show? Yeah, like like everything, like I mean, you hit it with the conglomeration thing, but it's like there's a lot of moving parts and factors, um, especially now that we're, we're like rolling and there are like smart wrestlers who are like, mm-hmm. I want to do that, and they'll talk to you. Um, and sometimes it's like, yes, but I don't know what I'm getting. I talked to one person a couple months ago who I knew had been asking. He asked somebody at IWTV. He was on film in in one of the episodes. It is in, it's not in the episode proper, but in the footage of somebody saying like, oh, tell, um, tell so-and-so. I want one of those cameras. I can do this. I love the show. <laughs> and... And I, I liked the person too. And we finally sat down and talked for like 20 minutes uh, because like, I mean, you guys probably know this, not everybody necessarily knows this, but like wrestlers have to sh- are supposed to show up several hours ahead of time uh, just to make sure you're there, work out your matches, you know, make sure that you're like, you know, just, it's, just, it's just a professional thing to do. I also have to show up hours ahead of time because we have to set up, we have to make sure that everything's working. If there's a cable dead, and we can't use that cable. I need to like Google where the nearest Home Depot is, where the nearest victim is, you know. Um, so I was there like well ahead, and I had like 20 spare minutes, and I sat down with this person. I was like, I know that you want to do this, and I want you to know that I want you to do this. The earliest that's going to happen, though, is probably a year from now, oh, wow. because at at the beginning. Well, it's also a timing thing. Like, in fairness, when I spoke to this person uh, about two months before, we had kind of, like, set on a perspective schedule going into 2022. And then that had been added to twice. Things still move around. Like, things are filming, and I'm kind of reporting back, like, it looks like this, or, like, we're not getting this, which was kind of the idea that we were pushing towards. Because, it's again, it's a co-creative process. So sometimes you luck out and you're there at the exact time when interesting things are happening in somebody's life, both personally and then professionally for, with wrestling. And sometimes, sometimes it just doesn't work out, you know? And it's the question of, I've had episodes that have gone where you go, this is cool and I'm going to make this cool, but nobody's ever going to know what I know. And this could have been such a better episode. That's happened. Um, but they, like, it, it takes somebody reminding you, either you know, a close, trusted friend like like Kevin Carey, who I mentioned, who does the color uh, color correction on the episodes. And sometimes it's like one of my bosses. Just goes, Nobody knows that but you and me. There are other times where it falls over the line, and you go like, now people are gonna like something will happen. And you go like, well, people are going to see this episode and know we were filming during that time period. And there is nothing in this episode about that time period because this person elected not to address it. And this looks bad. You know, it looks like fluff by comparison. And at least that's my perception. Um, I really don't like when that happens. So I think this happened like once, maybe twice lately. Uh, and it isn't the end of the world after minus over that, but there is a difference between like interior, interior, I know this, but nobody else does, and like exterior. Um, there's a lot of factors because you don't want to just do a bunch of 
middle-aged white dude. You know, our first two, our first two episodes uh, were perfect episodes because we had tr trusted people who had lives and had experiences. The weird trade-off is that I really like working with people closer to my age, not because of the comfort of it, but because, you know, a very good professional wrestler or, 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 or um, cannonball, their, their life isn't just, like, they've lived life. And they're not in a period where everything is wrestling. Because that can be cool. I mean, I'm on a, you know, the, the show is on a wrestling streaming service, you know. So people aren't going to go, more wrestling. Oh, but they can watch wrestling all day forever on our service. This is supposed to be a, a, their lives. And sometimes you get 22, 23-year-olds. And it's not that the, that the, that the episode is going to be bad, but, like, they don't, have much of a life yet. Their life is wrestling. They're trying to make it. And there's only so much of that that can be interesting. And when you get older people, they have a family. They have uh, a significant other. They have hobbies. That stuff's really cool. Um, you don't always get that, you know. So, and, and, the, and the other thing where I was going with it is, like, I thought it was so awesome the first two episodes. But then it's like, Okay, <laughs> we've covered like middle-aged white dudes who live in the Northeast. Um, are there any people who aren't white guys? Uh, people who aren't, you know, in in you know their their thirties. Um, women would be good, you know. Like we don't want to just do one thing. So we've got to balance that because you want to serve all the different markets. Because what's if, if you're just doing, you know, I'm a white dude, by the way, for anybody who doesn't know uh, who I am, because I didn't elect to be on video for this. Sorry, guys. Um, I, if I'm a 22-year-old uh, gay black kid or, or a woman uh, who, could, who could be white or she could be Latino or anything, um, if, if I'm just doing those episodes, like, you like, what are you watching for, necessarily? You know what I mean? Like, that really feels like culture from my youth that's kind of passe. The idea that, like, yeah, well, it's just going to be white, middle-class family from the suburbs. Um, so there's so many factors there, and then there's timing issues, and then things drop in your lap where you're like, like, Daniel Garcia, I didn't really know who he was. And then Mania happened, and I caught two of his matches, and I wrote a note, ask about Daniel Garcia. So Tuesday, I get a call from part of the management. And I have this note to be like, I think we should grab this kid. He came out of Mania looking like a million bucks. I want to know about his life. He's young. This is the platform. Like, this is, what, this is one of the things that we want to do, right? I didn't even make, I didn't even get to the note. I was told... <laughs> like right away, like, how do you feel about working with Daniel Garcia? And I was like, I have a note that says I want to. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, well, we've already had somebody talk to me. We really want you to do this. And I was like, cool. They've never pitched somebody to me that I was like, that's not, that doesn't work for me, boss. I've never pulled the Hulk Hogan. <laughs> like, nah, brother. I'm usually super excited, you know, or, or, or like, especially if it's a challenge, you know. Like, um, 
it gets surreal. I was just like, that's a story. I'm a storyteller. That's a story. I can't wait, you know. And you have to like manage your expectations though, because sometimes you and with her it works perfectly, but there are times when you have this idea and then that can't be the reality and that can be tough to deal with. So the 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 always long and longer answer is it's really difficult. And now that we have so much buy-in, I used to worry, are we get at first, like, are we even going to get people that are going to want to participate or, or even speak to me? And now I'm like, how, there are two people who are very supportive on the Indies that like have names. Um, like if you're an IWTV subscriber, I don't want to out who they are. Um, some people that like you see on IWTV often enough who are very supportive of the show. And I'm speaking to, both spoken to both of them privately and been like i really do want to work with you by the way i'm like i really appreciate what you do and i know you're a fan of the show and i really really appreciate that i don't have a spot right now you're on my list i have a big list and i know where things are kind of slotted but like right now we're running into september next year awesome not every one of those is like completely agreed to, but like I have a list, management adds to the list. I then negotiate things. Sometimes I have like, like I've already admitted, like Makabe was a personal pick. Uh, Eric was a personal pick that was an easy sell because, you know, action champion. Um, you know, I, I had a relationship with him. Uh, it made sense. Um, but then somebody will pop up, you know? It's like, well, they're doing this, so is there a camera available in six weeks? And I'm not gonna say no, because like, it's really exciting to like, just have these options, you know? So it's somewhat of a collaborative process, and sometimes a lot of people get pushed back. There's certain people that, I feel really horrible, there's one person I talked to in May, and I told them like, it looks like they're gonna freeze me, but after the freeze, uh, and then the freeze ended without me knowing that the freeze ended. It was just like, okay, well, we set the list in July, but then they threw four names at me. And, well, actually, that's not true, because I did say that somebody dropped, and then one person dropped in my lap, and another person, like, I kind of forced that issue because it was the right time. Which meant that the, the female that I wanted to work with is now pushed back to next year. Hopefully, she still wants to work with you, by the way, because <laughs> she might just be like, you can fuck off, dude. Yeah. I'm just going to have to eat that because, you know, it's my fault for approaching her and, you know, thinking that I had it in the bag at that moment, you know? It's interesting. It's, it's, yeah, I relate a lot this conversation with some of the collaborations we've been trying to do and trying to get way ahead and trying to get those conversations way ahead, but not knowing where they fit in or things fall apart or things pop in our lap it's it, it's it's a little different but at the same time i i can relate to the to the collaboration piece of it where you're trying to get ahead trying to be proactive but at the same time stuff happens stuff happens mm -hmm. so, sometimes stuff happens that's great sometimes stuff happens that you wish didn't happen yeah. it's an opportunity yeah so all right, Chuck, what else you, you got? You learn to get over, over some things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thick skin. So, I mean, I'm, yeah, I knew, but, you know, you have to 
sometimes you just go like, okay, this, I, I wish I wanted, we were so close, but this just isn't going to work, you know? So you asked, what else do I have? Christmas. What you got, Captain? What you got? I mean, I mean, I, I literally feel like we could talk for ever. It seems like we have to cut but, this uh, down. We have to cut this down. The cutting room floor is here. I'm here do. to cut this down. We do. We do. Well, we we have your traditional question. We have the final traditional question. And, and I, I guess I, I'm going to put this out to John and say, uh, John, do you, would you like to partake in one of our worst segments of our, our interviews and podcasts and old bad guy queued it up right, right. Perfect for me. Would you like to partake in what we like to call the lightning round? And then they edit in the music here, right? We actually do have music in a whole intro video. Yes. I grew up on radio, so like, yeah, like, I'm like, yeah, what are you going to do? Like, what, I'm in your house. I always hated when I grew up on CERN, and I always hated when people would come in, and if they weren't fans, uh, they do like, they try to get them in on a bit because it seemed it was going well. And they do like a certain, and the person would just be like, I don't know what this is, I'm gonna do it. And they're like, oh, but I listen every day, and this is like, this would have made you so much cooler. And now I'm like, ah, the heck with you. So, like, of course I wanna do this thing. Cause I mean, okay. John's cool. John's cool. John is cool. John's so, John, cool. lightning round, really quick 10 questions. First thing that pops into your mind, are you ready, sir? Yeah, they're all gonna be pizza, but go ahead. Okay. That would be interesting for some of the questions. But uh, let's okay. see. Question number one: Favorite holiday? Ooh, uh, woo woo! I'm gonna say July Fourth. It's not even true. It's the first thing that pops in my head because it's warm. I hate the cold. Okay. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Um, time jumping. You're bringing someone out to dinner, dead or alive. Who would that be? Oh. I've had good answers for this in the past. The person that popped into my head is like probably the fourth person, but the two pops in. It's lightning round. Alex Gibney, uh, documentary filmmaker. I want to talk to that guy. He's really good. I wish I was that good. Are you a morning person or an evening person? I'm a 3 a.m. person. You ask me to do something at 9 a.m., you better be paying me. But I will move your, I will move. If you want your house moved, I'll do it at 3 a.m. There you go. Cake or pie? Pie. Favorite nighttime snack? Ooh, probably pizza. Actually, something I want to. Yeah, I have a bad habit of like running to the store at like one in the morning for frozen pizzas. Nice. <laughs> Lucky number. Comfort food. Yeah. Uh, 15. Favorite ice cream flavor? I'm a basic bitch, chocolate. Well, at least you didn't say vanilla, because that would have been ultra basic. Yeah, that's very, it's vanilla. There's a reason and, that phrase is there. And that's, that's where I am. Anyway, uh, would you rather climb a mountain or jump out of an airplane? Oh, climb a mountain a hundred times. I'm, I'm definitely afraid. That's why I didn't say uh, flying for my superpower. <laughs> I'm, a, and, I'm afraid of being up in the air. 
And question number 10, what temperature is your thermostat set to? I don't have control because I'm always like renting in people's homes because it's cheap and I live like a hobo so I can live this creative life. Um, my personal preference is 72. Okay, perfect. 10 questions. Lightning round is over. Thank you. Oh, thank you. John, you survived the lightning round. Yes. yes. Now we get back to the line of questioning. We started at the beginning. We started with young John T. Now you're an older gentleman. You've been through life. You've had different things happen. But I'm going to give you a special power where you actually get to go speak to 10-year-old John T. What are you going to tell a 10-year-old you? Oh, this would okay. I have to figure out a way to like keep this thoughtful but light because it would probably get real heavy. Um, I think I would want to empower ten-year-old me to. Not, I mean, I guess I did follow my dreams. It's, it's not that. It's uh, empower, uh, give myself agency because I don't feel like I understood the concept of agency on a person on an emotional level. I understood what I was expected to do as I became an adult, but I didn't um, I didn't embrace it. So I think uh, I, I constantly was worried about ineptitude. Like I still am to this day. Like if you say, hey, you're perfect for this task, you should do this. I'm gonna give you uh, $75,000 a year, and this is your job, and you'd be perfect for it. And I would intellectually understand why you're saying that I should do it, or why, why, I would, why you chose me, and I'd be touched, but I would immediately think of five reasons why I would fuck it up, and that there must be somebody else who is more confident, smarter, uh, quicker, uh, you know, at it. Um, so I would want to tell, I would want to impart in some way to 10 year old John uh, a sense of agency of, of control of his world and that he could embrace uh, adulthood and responsibility and that he uh, that he can do it essentially and it sounds a little trite but yeah <laughs> like I, I, I've, I've sputtered out I, I feel like imparting uh, a sense of agency is what I'm That's your answer, and and, and at, we've had touching answers. We've had really simple answers, and it's your opportunity to talk to ten year old you. So everyone's answer is right, right? That's that's what yeah yeah you know that's what they imagine they would do. So it's fitting. Yes. Okay. Well, John. We're here. We're at the last question. There's there's no there's no video. There's no funny music. There's there's nothing because this question is serious. And this question it, has to do. Gonna be when when Gorilla Monsoon. This is going to be like when you go to the pearly grades and Gorilla Monsoon meets you at the gorilla position. What do you say to him or something like that? Like that wrestler joke. 
That's probably dated too now that I think of it. No, but I'm I'm totally writing that down though. Yeah, I know. That's a good question. No, no, but, I, I've heard I've like heard that before when I was younger, but I'm realizing that like a 25 year old might not know who Gorilla Monsoon was, and they may not know what the gorilla position is within wrestling. So, go, sorry, go on. No, both both true statements. But no, we're not talking we're not talking about the pearly gates. Although the wrong answer could possibly send you to those gates. Did I say curly okay. gates? Pearly, <laughs> pearly gates. I heard pearly. I heard pearly too, but in my in the back of my mind, I heard curly, which I am definitely not because I am bald. Any oh, Chris wants me to. Uh, I'm getting the hurry up sign. Okay, so final question. It has to deal with Oreo cookies, and we need to know: Are you on Team Single Stuff, the original Oreo cookie, or does your allegiance lie with Team Double Stuff? This is, I'm glad this is the last question because this is the first time where I've felt a, uh, not apart, like the, the, the singular word, like, like, uh, distance because I like, I've had Oreos in my life, uh, on many occasions, but I don't actually buy Oreos and I don't know enough about Oreos. My, my gut, because I, because by me, it's for simplicity. So I think I would go with the original singular only because I don't know enough about the double stuff. I'm aware it exists and I've probably had it. Um, and I'm one of those frustrating people to be like, yeah, Oreo is the good. Like, which one do you like? Which is what you're doing right now. And I'd be like, I don't know the difference. Oreo, they taste like Oreo. So that's my letdown answer. I guess singular. Uh, yeah, the, the, the crowd booze is what it comes yes. down to. We have uh, <laughs> old man, uh, old bad guy booing in the crowd. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's unfortunately the wrong answer. Uh, we'll, we'll still probably <laughs> keep... Now I'm dead. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll keep the interview maybe, probably. I'll eat whatever, but... They're calling for the cancellation of TLO in the chat. Um, <laughs> Whoa! Guys, guys, cooler heads, cooler heads. John, what can I say? I told you, I told you the wrong answer could send you to those pearly gates. Monkey Nation is strong with double stuff. Yeah. We've talked a few times about uh, like uh, specifically like social media, like Twitter cancellations and like having to be so mindful of so many things in this era. I didn't realize that one of them was my answer to the cookie question. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I mean, it's been fun otherwise, but yeah, I mean, you just, (laughs) you might, uh, people might just be sending Oreos to you now. I mean, maybe (laughs) next time you show up, (laughs) they might be like, I mean, it might be an opportunity to sway John's decision, right? Like next time you see John out in the field, maybe just be like, Hey, here's this sleeve of double stuff Oreos. Next time answer correctly. I, I feel like this is an opportunity for me because when I was a teenager, I went to um, a synagogue when I was in high school because there was a neo, a former neo-Nazi who was giving a talk at a synagogue. He did his, his deal. He would go around the synagogue and do like basically an hour of telling a story on how he was reformed 
and that he wanted to go around and make amends, and he would do these public uh, discussions, and the synagogues would promote them. And I feel like perhaps this, this is my opportunity to, I don't know where Monkey Nation hangs out, but I guess go around to them and discuss how I was wrong and share in double stuff Oreos with them as a man. Well, you're uh, lucky enough that Monkey Nation is just about everywhere nowadays. We, uh, we might not be large in numbers, but we cover many distances. Yes. We are we are in South Carolina. We are in Pennsylvania. We are in the New York area. We are I believe we have some folks in the Omaha, Texas Nebraska. area, Omaha, Nebraska. So, we will find Chavez the next Club location is from 3000 kilometers away. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Brazil, right? Who who is this, this Who is your Pennsylvania crew member? Who is uh, representing the great state of Pennsylvania? That would be myself, the captain. Well, I, I, I the cat, captain. What, what part of the state are you? Now you don't have to give me your address or whatever. Well, I'm here, but <laughs> I, I'm just curious. I live about uh, thirty minutes south of Hershey. Okay, okay. I've been. I, I was there like a year and a half ago, I think. Virginia. Cool. Dixon, Virginia. There we go. We got Virginia callouts too. We got. We are everywhere. Monkey yeah. Nation is is everywhere, so we cool. will definitely figure that out, and we will uh, make sure that next time you're in a location where one of the monkeys are, they're gonna they're gonna bring you some Oreos, and they will be double stuffed. Very cool. That. I would Very like cool. to also sh shout out a um, member of the of the 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 main crew. Uh, I believe that the I, I apologize if I messed this up. Val goes by Val Pancakes. Is that the, the handle? Correct. That is correct. Okay, I appreciate Val. Val is because you guys have been very supportive, but also Val is very supportive. So I want to say, if it, if it does any amends, I mean this seriously. I appreciate you, Val. Well, you might be able to redeem yourself a little bit right here, John. How do you take your yes. pancakes? Oh, I don't eat a ton of pancakes. Like I guess I like syrup on the pancakes. Um, if there's whipped cream, I'll take a dab of that. Um, I'm not too big on the butter. I, I'll do it, but I don't, it's not my preset to, to go with the butter. If they come with the butter, I'm, you know, I'm like, all right, I'll do the butter. I, I, I'm weird with, with food's weird. Like I went to SEI like four or five years ago and I was like, okay, well I'm in the Like I had a whole North Carolina crew with CWF mid Atlantic guys. And when I would come down to visit and go to shows, they'd take me to different, like, uh, North Carolina establishments, and I'd eat, you know, food from there. A lot of fast food chains that weren't up here, but also just basic stuff that you would find in North Carolina that wasn't served up here. So when we went to, and you guys, I, is this is this year the first uh, SCI you went to, or did you go to others? First. First one. Okay. Did you guys get to go to the City Cafe? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, so that's a big thing for SEI people. Everybody, you know, usually stay at the Best Western. Everybody eats their meals there. And I stupidly decided to make a bit of a show of ordering grits because I was leaning into the whole Yankee in, in the South. Then. And I kept asking, ironic, because he's the one who always calls me out, 
this. And if John Miller's in the chat, he tries to get in on this. But you were I don't believe John was in the restroom. Um, He's already called you out. I, okay, yeah, because he had a big thing with this. And I was like, F you, you weren't there. I, oh, what, what, I forget what they, what they, uh, like, it was salt. So, like, I was told, like, oh, you put, like, salt and butter. Okay. We kept saying, excuse the little It was a big table. There's a lot of people there. Everybody's talking. You've been there. Like, it's, it's, it's a whole thing. It's not just your table, which already has a bunch of people. There's a, everybody kind of knows everybody in the thing. It's, it's like a high school reunion. And I got, like, annoyed. Not, like, mad. But, like, I was just like, all right, fuck you. Because he wouldn't pass me the salt because he wasn't listening. So I said, fuck it. And I thought it would be funny. I put sugar on the grit. And it actually was pretty tasty. And I got yelled out and called out about it. And then I was going to eat the shame on it. But then I found out that there are pockets of the South who do sweeten their grits. So I decided to push back on, on them and post stuff on Twitter. There were articles about this as an argument. You can Google this, people. It's like salt or sugar grit. Let's Google it. It's a thing. I didn't know it at the time. I did it to be an asshole. And it actually tasted pretty good. But the, my, my North Carolina contingent was ready to disown me. And it's been a thing ever since. Comes up like four times a year. <laughs> Five times if you count now. Right, right. right. <laughs> and I've always been transparent. I, I, I will tell everyone, so if, if you want to shame me on Twitter, go ahead. But you should try it once in your life. I've had it both ways. They're both very good. I'm just saying, try, try new stuff. Yeah, try new stuff. Unless they're single stuff Oreos, then don't try that. Just try the double stuff. But... You didn't I say know know you didn't say dry pancakes, so you're not a maniac. So that's fine. Val Pancakes does appreciate that. Val Pancakes, we love her. Uh, she's great for the indie Somewhat. scene. Somewhat. <laughs> I even, think she's lurking out there. Even though Val Pancakes hasn't come in for the last two interviews that okay. haven't been hers, okay. but that's okay. We still love you, Val. Maybe we won't show up tomorrow. Let's see. But John, we appreciate yeah. uh, you spending all this time with us tonight, yes, giving us uh, a behind the scenes look at TLO. Uh, definitely use hashtag TLO out there on Twitter, guys. Um, there's going to be some extra clips popping up. So definitely check those out. We'll be tweeting them out. Uh, check out the next live release of TLO on December 1st and every first of the month for all the new episodes because that's what it is episodes there's multitudes of them there's tons of them there's big numbers words coming of them they are logged up through september of next year so definitely check them out I'm never leaving my house I'm never leaving my desk You're john is gonna do it forever but john where can uh where do you want people to go besides go check out the episodes uh social media where can they follow you where can they see what you're up to you know, you'd think because we booked this, what, two weeks ago, in my mind it was two weeks ago, I don't know, that maybe that would have been the impetus to, for me to uh, finally get that social media going specifically for TLO. Um, and we talked about this in the pre-show, like, I, I, I'm, it's going to be dishonest when I do it. I am going to, I will get it dedicated uh, at the, the life of IWTV, something like that. Um, for now, the, the way to go is at John Philipavage. Uh, my my real name, my full name. I guess I don't use a gimmick name unless you want to count Johnny P. 
But uh, yeah, so that's John Jewish, then and then Philip Havage's Phila. Like so that like your 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 fan base, you guys obviously if you use Twitter, you follow Bald Martin's podcast. I do too. And they retweet me pretty often these days. So if there's something about TLO, uh, you're gonna see me, just follow me then. And then you'll get the Iggy in the next couple of weeks when I finally pull myself away from editing something and make a damn Twitter <laughs> for this thing. Which seems simple, I know people, but as I told them, I get weird about things until I do them. I don't remember making a Twitter. I do remember it was easy, but I don't, you know, I have to loop in IWTV. It's a whole bunch of things with phone calls and getting them to retweet me and not look at my regular account. But yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. So yeah, just go, go watch the life of Get the get the get those views up. Heck yeah. Go check that out. Go hit the I sent the link out there in the chat. You guys can easily go fo- follow Johnny P there in the in the chat by clicking on that link. It'll take you right to his Twitter page. John again, thank you for the time tonight. Thank we you, really yes. appreciate it. Guys in the chat, hang tight. We're gonna send you over to Poyo. You can go say hey, drop those double stuff emotes in the chat. John, just hang with us for a second. We'll go back to the green room. And uh, we will see everybody tomorrow. Chuck, what do we got going on tomorrow night? Uh, tomorrow night is the stack with Val Pancakes, who only shows up to her show because she hates us, or maybe more <laughs> so she hates me. But Val Pancakes will be live tomorrow night, 9 p.m., and she will be with Earl Joseph from New Wave Pro. And can't wait for that interview. All right, you guys, go tell Poya we said hey. Thanks for coming, John. Thank you again. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it.